0: Ben and Zach. This is a podcast about cinematic oddities where we discuss any media that is too bizarre, abnormal, or off kilter for contemporary audiences. Occasionally, these projects gel. Most times, they crash hard into the realm of obscurity. Join us
1: as we delve into the cult classic swamp. I'm Zach. I'm Ben. And I would like to catch the dog that does this oh, we are here to start a new series after the completion of the music movie series, our revisit to it, I should say. We are here to start something very, very different, the time travel series. And, you know, there's no point in hiding it. I know everybody reads the, uh, the introduction or the title of these episodes, you know, on whatever, wherever they're listening to this. But we're discussing a movie where, let me just put it right off the bat, uh, zero out of 10, unwatchable, they don't stop any clocks in this movie. They just slow them down, right? Like, there isn't even a time out or anything.
2: (laughs) Uh yeah, they're they're I mean, they look stopped. Is that what's that worth?
1: I mean do they we do they look stopped? I mean they they move a little bit I
3: guess.
2: (laughs) The uh I know the bumblebee wing moves some. I think even there's like a, a bird wing that moves some. How fast they're going is really inconsistent.
1: Oh, I mean, yes, yes. But it is clock stoppers. Uh, we are going to try and stop some clocks with this episode. But I mean, you know, you heard him in the intro. He's back after a month hiatus. Um, he was doing things in the restaurant. It's Zach. Zach, you've returned. Um, now, I have some questions for you, Zach. We need to we need to get some answers. Uh, and of course, you know, if there's anything that you feel uh, should not be, uh, you know, put out into the public, you know, you can not comment. But a few questions about, you know, what you were doing in the restaurant uh, last month um so one or uh, should we all be preparing when i say all the three of us should we be preparing to go to trial for crimes against peace because of our beverly hills cop room in the restaurant a hundred percent that's oh, what i was god.
0: doing i was preparing the legal breeze for this
1: oh god i thought we were able to avoid maybe reach a settlement or something or by just stopping the beverly hills cop room but okay so we'll put that on the list um second question has the condiment train gotten back up and running and has the radiation leak been contained it's only gotten. It's gotten larger. It, what
0: happens? is The radiation <laughs> leak spilled over to it, and it created more cars.
1: Okay, okay, but it, it is running. The condiment train is back up. Oh, like, 100 okay. percent. I don't. It may be running too well. That's the problem. <laughs> <Maybe you're laughs> too. Okay, nice. Um, and then, lastly, um, are there any developments? Because this was this was um, I think you know last week's thing. Are there any developments in the uh, the nun versus rapper turf war over who reigns supreme as the leader and the runner of the cinematis restaurant bingo night?
0: That one I'm still working on. Okay,
1: okay. (laughs) There we go. (laughs) Maybe they'll have a DJ battle or something to, to to throw it down and, and finally decide things. But, oh, Zach, it's good to have you back. And I think the best place to start with this new series, um, it, this was your idea. You pitched it to me however long ago, maybe two months, and you were like, time travel movies. And I was like, oh, hell yeah, because we got to get Primer in there somehow, finally. But if I, correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, wasn't the impetus of you even having the idea to do time travel movies the release of Clockstoppers on Blu-ray? Is that what you told me? <laughs> It was that and the 20th anniversary this month. Oh okay. oh that's right that's right okay okay. Um, so here we are. Clockstoppers. Well, I guess I have to ask, now that you've um you you've set it up already, do, did you get it on Blu-ray? Have you purchased the Blu-ray of Clockstoppers oh, yes. back in June? Oh, January? yes. Oh, okay. yes.
0: My glorious, glorious 1080p Blu-ray. Not 4K, but it will have to suffice.
1: <laughs> How good does uh, the kid going in—the kid named Zach as well, so we'll be saying Zach a lot this episode—how good does Zach going full-on Flash Ghost Rainbow mode at the end of the movie look on Blu-ray? <laughs>
0: That it's one of those things where, like, as somebody who grew up with this on DVD, and I'd never seen an HD prior, it, this is a film that's surpre- surprisingly aged well when it comes to like visual effects. Like nothing, nothing looks aged. It just maybe looks goofy, because sure. that was the like artist intent.
1: <laughs> the artist, yes, Jonathan Frakes, which we'll have to talk about <laughs> quite a bit. No, but I mean, I mean, this was one, like I, I think I mentioned at the uh, at the start, you know, we were all into this. Zach was like, clock stoppers. I was like, oh my God, I haven't thought about that in probably, you know, 20 years. Um, and I think even, Ben, you said the same thing, right? This was something from your childhood you have some, maybe not full nostalgia, but some recollection of?
2: Yeah, definitely. I, I was aware of this movie. Um, I watched it as a child. I didn't remember how much music is in it
3: <laughs> it's, uh, it's damn near just music
1: yeah, it's it's full of needle drops. It made me think of uh when we were doing the uh the two thousand one fort year, you know, when we did like Saving Silverman and and all those early two thousands movies, how many needle drops they had in them. Um right. I gotta I gotta say, I mean, well, first off, there's two Blink 182 songs in this movie. Um, but the first one they play is all the small things. Thank God it is not miss you. Uh so I did not have to sing Don't waste your time on me Okay, that's it. I'll only do that one time for this episode. But no, Zach, I mean I I saw this when I was a kid, too. And I, I like I said, I barely remembered it. But Zach, I mean, like you said, there's a lot going on. I'm sure you have a lot of context. Why is this the one that we're kicking off time travel movies with? Well, technically, it's it's not what I... I guess I also want to put out there. This is not what I would have gone to immediately with time travel. I mean, don't get me wrong. They are traveling through time in a different way, but it's not like, you know, going back to the past or the future. It's, it's just... It's time
2: dilation. It's sure,
1: not. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's like a very specific, you know, subset of time travel in the sense that they are traveling through time in a, in a way. But but please, Zach, enlighten us. We're all time travelers. Tra- yeah, time travelers, technically. <laughs> yeah. Um.
0: Okay. No, originally how this started... It was it was the idea that again the anniversary of the blu-ray it's a perfect storm and the notion was kind of like unorthodox time travel stories stuff that's not the typical again one-to-one back to the future where you're going back and seeing your grandparents or something like that it was meant to be something again out of the ordinary um that will definitely sit there and get to in the coming weeks but the history, my context for Clock Stoppers was I remember this coming out in March of 2002. Never got to see it in theaters. Uh, is I think all of us at some point were Nickelodeon's kids at this time. You, it was in this being a Nickelodeon film, we were inundated with advertisements for this. Yep. And I was always aware of it. Uh, got the DVD right after my 10th birthday because I got a DVD player for my birthday. So like one of the first things I did was I got this. I was so excited. That notion of like, wow, I think I've mentioned a few times on the podcast. It was like prior to a DVD player, you had to wait like, like oh God, months. For something to show up like as a, like a blockbuster previewed special on VHS, being able to like walk into a store and buy the DVD it was like wow. That like, somebody who loved movies as a kid, this was a game changer, and watched it. And I, I again, I, don't, I, I guess I fell in love with it because it was just like anything like it was one of my first DVDs I ever got. My first three DVDs were, again, no surprise, The Phantom Menace, Terminator 2 <laughs> and Stoppers. like because it was the one that I bought with my own money. And I, I became very, very endeared to it because it's just probably something that was like I probably watched ad nauseum because it was one of my first DVDs. And then I fell in love with the watch. The watch was, like, one of those all-time, like, my favorite movie props. And I, I have this very faint memory, and I wish I could find it, like, through, like, the Wayback Machine. Nickelodeon.com sold a replica of the watch, oh. which now, in, in retrospect, seems very peculiar now that I've done so much research on this particular watch. And I remember trying, like, my mother was going to buy it for me, and something happened, and we did it, and then, like, it disappeared off the website, obviously. And then it wasn't until about a couple of years ago, because the watch in the movie is a – I'm probably mispronouncing this – a Sunto Vector watch, which is like a watch for like hiking and things like that. It does more than tell time. It's got a compass. It tells you elevation, barometer. And about two years ago, because it's been discontinued for like over a decade now – I, I splurged and bought one off eBay and I <laughs> this is why I bought a camera everybody. Okay. I have the watch and I've basically worn the watch religiously for 2 years. I almost never take it off. And yeah, it, it, it's not in like a huge amount of context, but it's one of those movies that's always lingered. Um, it's one of those films that you bring up to people cuz I t- people look at my like ungodly yellow watch and they're like what the hell is that? Especially in the era of Apple watches and I'm like you ever see clock stoppers? And they're like, Yeah, like, like everybody's aware. It's one of those movies that, like, I don't think it's prolific, but I think it's something that if you're a, quote, 90s kid, you are aware of it, and you saw it at least at some point on Nickelodeon.
1: Yeah, I'm glad you brought up the trailers, because I remembered, as I watched this movie, you know, for the first time since probably, like, 2003 or something, I I didn't see this in theaters or anything. I mean, I, I remembered all the shots from the trailer, you know? Like, like the, uh, Francesca hitting the water droplets, I remember that being in there. Like, all the, all the, like, them... The two main characters superimposed over, like, a still image and them, like, walking through it and stuff like that. I remembered all that nonsense. But, Zach, I'm also glad you brought up that this is a Nickelodeon movie because, man, I haven't seen a Nickelodeon movie in a hot minute I I was going back, and I was thinking, I was like, what was the last Nickelodeon movie I even saw? And I thought it was going to be the Series of Unfortunate Events movie, where Jim Carrey plays Count Olaf. Turns out, no, I've seen one since then. I've seen the Dora the Explorer movie, Dora and the Lost City of Gold, which was a Nickelodeon movie. But... I was also thinking about Nickelodeon Studios. Before I looked into this, I took a guess. I really, like, I was. I, I. sat down and I was like, man, what was the first Nickelodeon Studios movie? For some reason, that popped into my head. And I took a guess, and my guess, of course, was Good Burger. And I was wrong. That is the second Nickelodeon Studios movie. And see, Zach, I, now that I can see Zach on the camera, he's getting very pensive. I wanted to know if either of you guys had a guess at what the first, by a full year before Good Burger, was the first Nickelodeon Studios movie. A movie I have completely forgotten.
2: I don't remember the timing. I know Rugrats is Nickelodeon.
1: Ooh, good call, Ben. You just got number three. That is the third Nickelodeon movie. And that, yeah, that's nine. That's ninety-eight, right? Yeah, yeah, November ninety-eight. That I did see in theaters. I remember that one. Um very fondly. <laughs> Before Good Burger.
0: Yes. Oh, my God. Because cause there was Snow Day. When did Snow Day come out? Snow that was 2000. Day.
1: Yeah, Snow Day is the fourth. So we have two, three, four, and seven. Clock so Clockstoppers Goodberger. is seven. I, is,
0: oh, my God. Know, Before right? Good Burger. let
1: me give you a hint. This is not the star, but this was probably the one of the stars that drew the movie in. Rosie O'Donnell is in it. I don't know if that helps at all. <laughs> oh. oh,
0: God. Um...
1: As herself or as a character? As a character. It, it, is, it is it animated? Uh, no, no, it's live action. It, it is not uh, riding the bus with my sister. It's not the Rosie O'Donnell plays <laughs> a mentally challenged woman. I'll just put that out there right now. <laughs> Which is also funny. not a Nickelodeon movie. <laughs> oh my God. I don't, I, I never would have remembered this. I know, right, Ben? I felt the same way. I was like, Jesus. I don't even know if I've ever seen it. <laughs>
2: right, same.
0: Ben, what is it?
1: Uh, Harriet the Spy gosh yes okay yes. yeah you're right you're young right. young michelle trachtenberg is harriet the spy that's that's i just completely forgot about that movie but that's the first nickelodeon um and then so after snow day which was fourth of course then they get Rugrats in paris um and then they do good old uh, steve steve Oedeker comes out with the jimmy neutron boy genius movie and then we get to clock stoppers Oh, man. Nickelodeon. Good old Nickelodeon. Like you mentioned, Zach, I was a huge Nickelodeon kid back in the day, which is probably why this trailer was seared into my brain. <laughs> so, Zach, you said you—this movie formed a lot of your, you know, your life, and you loved it, and you came endeared to it, that type of thing. I—upon rewatching it, I have to say, I mean— I kind of just turned my brain off after a while. I have some notes where I'm just like, "Well, why would this happen? Why would this happen?" And the answer is because it's a kids' movie and it looks cool. Um, but I have to say, I think this movie was some fine fun. I had a fun time watching this movie for the most part. But I'm I'm really interested to know, Ben, what do you think about Clock on this rewatch? What did you? How did you take it?
2: Um. So I know we made jokes about Beverly Hills Cop being one big Axel F music video. Sure. Uh, this. <laughs> This was like one big late '90s music video. <laughs> um, that's. I also. Uh, I felt like they had to get a stuntman to do the bike tricks, but they oh. had to tell him, "Don't, don't look like you're too good at this. Like, just be kind of okay. Like you're a high school kid who doesn't really know anything."
1: I agree. I agree. <laughs> I,
2: I have a lot of issues with the way that this reality works, where they can accelerate their their molecules and become invisible even if they're standing still for long periods of time while they're invisible and overall I, I guess I kind of found it difficult to watch
1: oh okay I I that's why I was saying I, I feel like when I turned my brain off it got a lot better <laughs> I
2: I don't know that I ever succeeded at turning my brain off
3: it just I don't know
2: it's uh. <clears throat> Oh, yeah, I just, I, I had to watch it twice to make sure that I saw it once. Ah,
1: uh, <laughs> okay, okay, I dig that, I dig that. No, I mean, I mean, let's just get it out of the way, because it, it's inevitable. I feel like if we talk about these time travel movies, especially unorthodox ones, it's it's gonna have to come up in each of these discussions, you know, how the time travel works and the problems with it. I mean, you know, my my thing was, I, I like I said, a lot of it I just chalked up to, oh, it's because, you know, it looks cool, and just, you know, fuck it, whatever, it's a kid's movie, I feel like that that. Has had to be the thought process for for some sense of it or for some time of it but i mean like there's a, like the shot that came into one of the ones that came into my mind is like um when zach goes back to his house and the the bad guys are like raiding the um the the dad's office or the basement or whatever and we see the the lady like pull out some files from a cabinet and she like lifts them up and she throws them behind her but they like lose all momentum and then just freeze in air and this happens with other things i'm like why do things lose their momentum? Um I the whole dance thing at the DJ competition, I was like they're just moving him, like they're not like moving him like stop motion, they're just controlling him like a puppet in real time or their hyper time. Like wouldn't that just make him like move as fast as they are or stuff? But I had all these questions. But Ben, I figured uh, you would come at it the most critically out of the three of us. So please give us a give us your thoughts on this this reality of, of clock stoppers. Clock slowers, I guess we should call
2: it. Uh all right, so I'm glad you brought up the dance thing. Uh, for one, if something were to touch you, moving as fast as they are, it would destroy parts of your body. Uh, <laughs> they they broke his legs multiple times in in the dance thing, and they bur- they murdered the boy, or Ditto, or whatever. Sure, um, sure. He sure. he died. F- uh, so for them, for them to be moving him at the pace that he was dancing at. It would have been like hours for them.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: And they would have had to like nudge and then run away so nobody could see them. See them and then nudge and then run away. So it's like the the premise of this movie is that they're moving so fast no one can see them. But what if they stood still for an hour? Like, would they would somebody see them for a second? You know? Sure. sure. Um, it seems like they should. Beginning of the movie, it's just that it, something is moving so fast past you that you that you barely get to see it. Then something that is capable of moving that fast but sitting still is not doing that so so there's a, a problem there they would have had to like leave the stage and come back and leave and come back and leave and come back to to make that
1: even possible uh yeah as- it would have been the worst and most boring like stop motion animation process yes.
2: <laughs> yes. aside from the fact that they that they moved him far too much the times we saw him moving him it's like if, if your body moved that fast just one localized part of your body it breaks. Uh, Other issues, I mean, I had the same momentum issue that you had, so, like, she's, like, poking the water out of the air. Why the fuck didn't that water just fly, like... It suddenly was given momentum like it should have just exploded.
1: Yeah, that's that's what I was thinking. But I mean, that that was the thing where I think that moment, you know, the middle of what the second act. This movie is also perfectly almost three 30 minute acts, you know. Um, and the, in that in that like middle of the movie, I'm just like, why did why didn't the, why did the papers lose momentum? And I was like, because it looks cool. <laughs> like, so the, I just that's when I think I stopped thinking about those things, that that exact moment. But I'm with uh- you. They should have just kept <clears throat> flying.
2: And I, I would say my biggest problem with this, uh, I, I'm sure that you, you've heard, like when we have things traveling in space, uh, they're moving very fast, and if a dust particle hits something in space, it can damage it because it's so moving so quickly. They would have gotten holes put through them just by walking through air. Like if there, if there was dust in the air, they're dead. From from walking out. Of <laughs> sure. Backpack.
1: Sure. Yes. Thank you. I, I mean, Ben, also, I should say, the three of us, all here, we are very well-versed in uh, Einstein's theory of highway safety. But thank you, Ben, for explaining it to the audience. Uh,
2: and, and my other problem, which I, this one I'm not re- 100% certain about. I have a feeling that moving that fast, well, while the air around you can't move that fast, would make it very difficult for you to breathe.
1: Oh, okay. Interesting. Interesting. They'd need, a, um, they'd need some fast air, like in Tenet, you know? <laughs>
2: Uh also the liquid nitrogen that they took, uh if you were to bring liquid nitrogen with you, it's not frozen anymore. It's not liquid anymore. Uh because heat is kinetic energy. And if you're accelerating the molecules of liquid nitrogen to the point that they can move so fast nobody can see it, it has way too
1: much heat to be liquid. Oh, okay, I didn't even think about that, but that's a that's a a good point for sure. Um Okay, okay, I'm with you, I'm with you. <laughs> I mean, these are all
2: just kind of nonsense scientific nitpicks. And, like, why can he bounce his, his uh, bike off of, of water? Like, Why can he bi- bounce his bike off of, of water, but he can also breathe? Like, the rules are just inconsistent.
1: Oh, yes, yes, very much. Uh, I, I think that, you know, that's what I kind of got as I watched this movie. It is very inconsistent, but I think the movie doesn't care. Well, I think of course the movie doesn't oh, care. No. The movie doesn't want to get bogged down in any of this because it's, you know, it's for it's for young adults. It's for the Nickelodeon group. Um and and I think that, you know uh well well one while it doesn't care about it um i did see some some reviews of this on the internet um you know not really bad reviews but uh s- people along the same lines of you ben having a critical eye for this time travel um them saying you know uh, this this general idea of a few people jokingly saying you know um John, um jonathan Frakes was uh, of course from star trek the next generation for a long long time shouldn't he have cared more about the science behind this movie <laughs> <laughs> and uh and no of course not i mean you know it's uh i don't think the the science was that extreme in in star trek at all but uh i i gotta i gotta point that out that's that blatant star trek reference where they even point out that it is from star trek i was like come on movie <laughs> the make it so number one <laughs> yeah
2: yeah we have star trek in venezuela
1: yeah, yes, Zach. I have to ask you: Did you did you know uh, that Jonathan Frakes, um, in his short time as a film director, um, he got a nickname in the movie industry? Are you aware of this? Have you ever heard of this? I am not. Uh, So he actually has the nickname. Uh, I found this in a Vulture article where he talks about how Thunderbirds, his movie after this, put him in movie jail. Uh, He is Two Takes Frakes. (laughs) (laughs) I like that because it made me think of uh, like Two Pump Chump or something like that. But apparently he is Two Takes Frakes because, well he brings this up. Well, an interview with Vulture I found, they were like, you know, oh, you have the nickname Two Takes Frakes. And he's like, I do. And the guy says, or asks him, you know, is it because you're so efficient? And he's like, well, that's what it is now. But it really came more because when I was filming my first movie, which was, um, what, Star Trek First Contact. Uh, he, he, he said something, he, he, he didn't really know that he had to do two takes. Like he did one take, he thought it was good. And he's like, let's move on to coverage. And his producers were like, no, two more takes. You got to print more takes. And so he became two takes freaks. And I have to say, I will always think about that. Um, whenever I see him, what, cause I don't really watch Star Trek a- anymore, at least the old Star Trek, you know, with him in it. Um, but whenever I go back to beyond belief factor fiction, which he's the host of, I will always think of him as two takes freaks. <laughs> Speaking of which, Zach, I did go back and watch an episode or two of Beyond Belief uh, after seeing this just because I had it in mind. Would either of you like to take a guess as to when Jonathan Frake's birthday is? Yes, it's that time of the episode. <laughs> it is not exactly Ben Affleck's. He's a few days off. So, uh, any, Okay, I won't make you guys guess. I made you guys guess the Nickelodeon thing. Um, August 19th, so he's very, very close to our Ben Affleck's birthday, which I always have to point out. So, I mean, with that being said, I mean, what do we want to get into with uh, with Clockstoppers? Yes, the, the nonsense, the time travel nonsense, it is in full effect. Um, the, the movie doesn't care about any of that. The movie just wants to go from point A to point B. And I guess that's maybe where I want to start is that th- this movie is just in full service of you know, making sure it gets to the next scene. Like I definitely was watching this movie and a lot of it is glossed over. You know, I think a lot of it like goes pretty fast. They just say, Hey, go for it. You know, here we go. Keep going. I I feel like it was a, a a solid 90 minutes. I know Ben, you, you had some issues with it where you watched it twice to make sure you saw it once. But like I said, I thought it was fine fun. I thought it had, had, had some wheels. Uh, did you, I guess Zach, did you feel that same way after, uh, you know, watching it for this recording on your crisp Blu-ray? Of course. (laughs) um
0: no like i said a lot of this again like ben said a lot of the scientific inaccuracies you can't help but look at but i think a lot of that has to do with the culture we live in a lot of it's just again we're used to nitpicking um oh no this movie is unique in that sense like it's it's inconsistent but i think the scientific oh god accuracy i think that's probably giving it too much credit um is not the point of this i meant i think this is almost more fantasy than science fiction
1: Mm, hmm that's 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 fair yeah yeah and for young Uh, adults i mean you know that's that's kind of the um the gist yeah that's just like oh what is this look at this crazy world
0: yeah and i think that's more the the like i said i don't think this has a point again this is supposed to be more again this is supposed to be just like i don't want to say disposable because i think that's not fair but again i think it's just meant to be like almost like it's the equivalent of like an adventure cereal for kids Sure. With, 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 with a, a slight tinge of like science gobbledygooks, kind of just like, like powdered sugar, spread it all over it. Like it's not meant to sit there, be looked at that way. Because even like that point where he goes into like hyper, hyper time, and I'm like, and he's just go like passing through things. And I'm just like, wouldn't he fall through the ground? I'm like, if he, Oh, if he... God. Yeah. That <laughs> yes, was another one. Yes. That. It, it's like, why is he not being pulled towards the center of the earth? <laughs> exactly. And so I'm just like,
2: whatever. Oh, go he's with too it. fast for gravity. That's, that's the answer. <laughs>
1: i I want that on like you know i want to write that that should should have been if i go back in time that should have been my high school yearbook quote too fast for gravity (laughs) put that in like a tinder profile i'm too fast for gravity (laughs) i like that yeah i mean that that whole thing i mean by the end of the movie i was definitely laughing at some of those inconsistencies one of the things near the end of the movie that for some reason i found like Maybe it was, like, a little bit of me, like, you know, my brain breaking, but I, I laughed hysterically at the fact that the, the hyper-time chamber where they keep the um, French Stewart and the doctor and, like, the the kids, the kids are trapped in at the end, it has shutters to, like, close them out. I, I thought that was very funny for some reason. <laughs>
0: It's because the script told him to build those into the contraption.
1: Yes, yes, of course. <laughs> I had the same thought. It's like, well, why why is he, you know, not falling through the floor when he turns into the flash ghost when he goes full rainbow mode? That type of thing. <laughs> but I
0: think but this is like a very like, – again, what, scrutinizing this movie in a different vein than how Ben did. This is a very – like I, I, I kind of exploited this term. Like I've said gonzo bonkers. This is a very goofy movie.
1: Oh, sure. Well, it was an like the... goofy movie? <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe that's what or it's going to be like, called when Christopher Nolan remakes it <laughs> <laughs> this is the basis for
0: T-Rob another one of those uh, connections between Christopher Nolan <laughs> <Yes>. and uh, <laughs> um, but no it's that notion of like even some of the dialogue in this film like I was kind of just laughing at because like, it almost comes across like non sequitur humor Um, the fact when they the two bullies throw Zach over the trash can and we see like the like school administrator be like that is a perfectly good garbage can don't be throwing students at it Dude, <laughs> yes. just,
2: that that's like, should it actually
0: made me laugh that's like, <laughs> like but like okay we laugh at that now because that's like a joke like we would use in like oh god 2022 in 2002 like that is such a weird just what we even what would you even call that like a weird like turn of phrase like that's and then even we have the point where we have the detective in the hospital room and this like in the deputy shows up with this cough and he's like i told you cream you twit it's like what why did we need this like, it's a weird, like, I guess what, Rob, a flourish you could call it? Sure, yeah. An yeah. unintentional or unnecessary flourish. Like, it's goofy. And I'm like, I find it amusing, but why is this even in the movie?
1: Yeah, I'm with you. I, I have to say, I'm glad you mentioned the hospital scene. Um, the when when Zach like wakes up in the hospital bed, and he's, you know, he's all groggy, but he like comes back into into reality into real time, I guess. And the, the nurse or the doctor standing over him and says something like, there he is, he's back, you know, and the cop pops into frame. And he's like, where'd you get the van, kid? <laughs> like, like that cracks me up. And I'm just like, but you're right, it's those flourishes.
0: But there's so many elements in this movie. Like, you made a very interesting observation, Rob. You're like, oh, you could, like, divide this film into thirds.
1: I I wanted Uh, to actually, because after the movie, when I had this thought, I went back and I looked at timestamps. It is the 28-minute mark when the watch is first used, and it is the exact hour mark when the dad gets kidnapped. Like, it is literally three, like, 30-minute acts, where it's, like, all set up in the first act, learning how to use the watch and things going wrong in the second act, and then the big climax of stopping the bad guy in the third act. Like, the, the the what they... He has the motivation. He has to, you know, do it. It is literally that structured.
0: It is, but like that's the thing is that like you ha- yes, but you have characters like Meeker, who's on the poster, like all of this. He's pretty much in the first act of the film, has a minor part in the second, what like the first, what half of the second act, yeah, and then he basically has a glorified cameo in the third act, <laughs> yeah, and Goal and maker, he has no
2: <laughs> go Meeker, go Meeker, God, that was unbearable. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but that's, per- again, it's it's a perfect amalgamation of, like, late 90s, early 2000s culture. Like, the idea of saying that, and then even the weird, I don't even want to say DJ battle. It's just record scratching. Like, it's not even, you couldn't even call it DJing. It's so just primitive in that yes. regard. Like they're just making sounds by scratching a needle against a vinyl record.
1: Yeah, they're they're yeah they're not even you know like you know mixing a song or something like you said Zach DJing you know um, I, I have to say one I, I watched this on Hulu and I I watched it late at night I think I started at like one a.m. or something so I I had it a little lower so I put subtitles on you know to be um, ever since you know. Uh, Doing the whole thing with uh, my neighbor saying, "Am I okay?" when I had Meet Joe Black at a hundred on my TV, Zach. I always try and be a little more considerate. Um, the subtitles during the DJ scene when Meeker is performing just say "mixing poorly." <laughs> 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 I love that little touch. It's like mixing poorly. I'm like, yeah, I mean, I guess you know, um, but but yeah, I'm I'm with you. That that stuff was. It it was but, so odd, and oh, I'm glad you bring that up because here's the other thing: I was actually shocked that in this young adult, you know, maybe like kid to teen type of movie, like tweenish type of movie, I'm thinking, I'm actually pretty surprised that the the them fucking around town scene happens, and then they have a DJ battle that they do their their clock stopping with their hyper time stuff. I'm surprised that it wasn't a sporting event. Like I thought like the low hanging fruit is do like a school basketball game or something. Right. Um, but that's the weird thing. This, this is not like, okay. But this is the thing about this movie though,
0: is that it feels so relative to what that point you're making. Mm-hmm. It feels counterculture. Like think about it. Zach doesn't like he's, he's not your typical kid. He's like a weird BMX guy and much like Ben said earlier, every time we see him perform a trick, we never see his face. His face is always pointing away from the camera anytime he <laughs> yeah. does a trick. Yeah. Um, we have Meeker, what works at like a, like a, what the equivalent of a sports yeah. goods store. Yeah. But there's no conventional sports stuff ever going on. It's paintball. It's rock climbing. It's like all the stuff that's like too edgy for your typical. Like it's a weird, like, mellow, watered-down, like, edgelord thing. Like, that's that's the vibe I got from Zach this time. He's, like, a very watered-down, safe edgelord. Like, oh yeah, he's a teenager who buys and sells things on eBay to make money to buy a car.
1: And I'm like...
2: One man like is Another man's down payment. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and he's got the he's got the um the salesmanship when he, what he with the typewriter he types in eBay you know like um like uh, not crash proof word yes. processor yeah crash proof. word
2: I I do take issue with the uh, with the way he wrote minimum bid. Uh, that's actually just a setting. You don't write it.
1: <laughs> fair, fair. Uh, but, I. But Ben, how is the
0: audience in two thousand two going to know how eBay works? <laughs> <laughs> I, I mean that's.
1: That is a question. <laughs> so to, to that point, Zach, when you talk about him being an edgelord and and very counterculture, I that's the thing I was getting from his character in that first thirty minutes, you know, he's doing his bike tricks. Um he has the friend who works at you know, he has the weird scientist ad, the friend that works at like the non conventional sports store with the rock wall outside of it. Um, you know, all these things. I, he has a bully. You know, he gets bullied. We see that happen. Even I mean, the,
0: even the bully's a weird, like edge lord. Yeah, too, like a watered down edge lord. For
1: all those reasons, when when I you know getting through that first act, like everything before, they use the. Um, the The watch for the first time, I was like, "This is screaming Back to the Future" to me. Like, this is the Nickelodeon version of Marty McFly because Marty McFly's got the bully. He's a skateboarder. He's he's he has friends, but he you know still isn't really like the most popular kid in school. It came across to me as them trying to like recreate the um the Marty McFly you know, almost like every kid type of thing.
0: But there's the one. But this is the thing I found fast. I like guess. This movie is so interesting for the things that either glosses Ba I glosses over. Or just ignores there's no moment of ever seeing anybody at school outside the dad being like a college professor
1: and the trash can thing but...
0: well yeah but, <laughs> yeah, but that, yeah but
1: like that's just like a you know honestly,
0: they could have taken that sequence and shot it like in the town square it would make no difference at all <laughs> yeah
1: yeah absolutely absolutely i don't know ben did you get any of that vibe that edge like the edgelord or the marty mcfly thing i was mentioning uh,
2: yeah I, I definitely i definitely can see what you're saying with um the idea that they they made him like I don't. I mean, he's he's okay. You said BMX, but I, I definitely think that he's on a mountain bike trying to do BMX. Oh sure, which, sure. <laughs> which is maybe even a, a little edgier. And then um, yeah, like we we get um you know we we get to see this kid like sell shit on eBay. Like who does that? Like who sell, even then who sold shit on eBay? Who went to pawn shops and and bought things to sell on eBay? Um, <laughs> fucking nobody, I don't think. Um, so. Yeah, I definitely like. They were trying to make him, like, I don't know, quote unquote, different.
3: Yeah, yeah. I
2: guess, and um, it it came across as very, I don't know. I mean, it, he's like he's like a normal kind of understandable kid, I guess. And so in that way, he's he's actually pretty relatable. Like he yeah, has issues yeah. with his dad neglecting him. He he's trying to make money because he wants a car, and his dad thinks it's because of Francesca, who he actually just met. um yeah
1: that's right yeah
2: (laughs) but uh, i i mean yeah there's definitely there's definitely a bit of that feeling of like edgelord and like like you said the marty mcfly thing where like what marty's like a skateboarder Mm -hmm. so yeah there there's definitely that kind of feeling of they're going for for like nickelodeon kids version of back to the future
1: yeah yeah which which i have no problem with i mean like i said it was it was fine Future was a decent movie uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, hot, hot take. <laughs> Back to the Future's not bad, yeah. Um, uh, but I mean, you know, it's it, it came across to me as fine. It's relatable. I mean, it has, I think we mentioned it already, but like those those Nickelodeon-style like jokes, like I'm thinking of... Um, um when what they, the the kids run out of the house at some point and the mom's like but i made breakfast you know and she's holding up like shit shrink wrapped in styrofoam plates or something it's like right out of like moody's point from the amanda show or something like that um the, the mom made some crazy facial expressions during this movie i don't know if you guys like noticed that but she she is like going hard with her eyebrows in a lot of the scenes
3: <laughs> that sounds right
1: Um, Speaking of flourishes, I I just saw this in my notes that I wanted to mention. Probably my favorite flourish in the movie when Zach is in the hospital bed and um, the sister and the mom are there. The sister starts to play with the defibrillator and we hear the sound of it charging up. And I'm like, oh, my God, she's about to kill somebody. (laughs) Just just on that real quick uh, on this tangent, I was looking up the sister because I thought she looked familiar, but I must have been confusing her with somebody else. Um, Her name is Lindsay Leatherman. Um it turns out she's actually best known for being on General Hospital, the soap opera, for many years. An article I found from uh, about her from Soaps in Depth. Um, you know, they love their soap operas, I guess. It had the blurb that she is an actress, an equestrian, a trick writer, and general manager of hooch. Of what? <laughs> of hooch. <laughs> Hooch? Hooch. <laughs> the manager of Hooch? So I read this and I was like, whoa, that's an interesting statement. Uh turns out that Hooch is an upscale lounge in Aspen, Colorado, so but I had to read the article to get that. But they just say general <laughs> manager of Hooch. Okay. Very interesting sentence. <laughs> uh, Hooch is like... It's like a, a word for liquor, right? Yeah, yeah, like moonshine, hooch, you know, that type of thing. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, I was like general definitely. manager of hooch, you know? And so
2: I, that's, a, that's a bold title. I don't know that I would ever claim that title.
1: <laughs> sure. Oh, man. But I mean, like, when, when she busts out those defibrillators, I'm like, hell yeah, let's go. <laughs> let's start seeing her shock people. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, man. I mean, so... I the this the sister's only in it what three scenes or something. It's really weird at the end when she is attracted to young French Stewart. You know the the reversed young version of what Doppler is his name I think like that yeah I think something like that. That came out of nowhere to me. Um, speaking of speaking of French Stewart, I mean. I love the fact that when this movie starts and we see the dude, like, the camera focuses on the guy in the big fake, you know, beard and the big hair and stuff, I I love the fact that I could tell it was French Stewart before he even talked. (laughs) Sure. Um, But, I mean, French Stewart's great in this. I mean, I I guess we can talk about the cast. I know, Zach, it's going to come up. My biggest disappointment in this movie, Michael Bean adds nothing as the main villain, right? (laughs) Michael Bean
0: is like the thing about this movie is that they're trying to lean into like, because again, the, the producer of this was Gale Ann Hurd, yes, who yes. we all know from Terminator fame, and it's like okay, you have Jonathan Frakes directing, who's known as like even at this time like a huge like oh god person in the science fiction community, and so it's like okay, who else would be the bad guy? It's like well, if we can get Michael Bean, like why not? Uh, the next thing about Michael Bean is that like it's it's so weird to see him. I think he's talented. I think he's just he does what he's told.
1: Mm, okay. okay.
0: I, I don't think he likes to like go outside. Like again, he probably does. Again, he's probably a good actor in that regard. He doesn't probably like do anything weird. But again, he's meant to be mustache twirling.
1: Yeah, yeah. I, I also the movie doesn't give him too much to do. I mean, but even when he is there, it's kind of like I, I feel like the the henchmen, what the uh, the the black guy and the Asian lady do more of the work than he does. Um, and you know his his his. his whole thing just seems to be oh man i got to stop the nsa from uh taking this technology cuz i want to sell it on the black market or whatever i have to say in in appearance in this movie the short spiky hair even the little soul patch that he has gave me soul big patch is glorious. the soul patch is is, is a little Rough. I don't know about Gloria, Zach, but it gave me big-time Joe Pantaleano vibes. Like, I, I've seen Joe Pantaleano I feel like, look, like, with the soul patch, of course, with the short spiky hair in some movies. I mean, I, I think Joe Pantaleano should have been the villain in this, because then we would have had another chance to talk about how he got the Duke. Walsh well, got the Duke. He got him! He got the Duke! Um, But, I mean, maybe he would have added a little flair or something, but I don't know. It was so weird that, the, like, the henchmen, the goons, became more of a threat than actually Michael Bean. Uh, at the end of the day, it was—I don't know—it was disappointing because you know Zach. I, we love Michael Bean from you know Terminator fame, like you said. Um, even that episode of um, what The Mandalorian that he's in—he's fine. He blows in that. I mean, oh, he I know, he's it. fine. He doesn't have anything to do it. I mean, that's oh,
0: well. the—that's <laughs> that's the, that's the thing though. Like I think Michael Bean—he works well enough, but I think he's not there to give a performance in this. He's there for Dad when he had to bring the kids to the movie theater in March of two thousand two. Oh, sure. Like basically, like, oh, that's that's Kyle Reese. Like that's like it's there for that reason. It's there for yeah. dad to point at the screen when he shows up.
2: Uh, is, I don't, I don't know who Kyle Reese is.
1: Uh, from the first Terminator movie, he's the um, the guy trying to save Sarah Connor. I. Am. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs>
0: <laughs> See, Ben is not that dad. He's not that dad in the theater, being like, "Oh." But sure. you no, know, like I said, Michael B. Michael B. I don't again. Like I've seen him in a couple of things where he's like playing weirdly because again, he's always going to be Kyle Reese. He's mm-hmm. been typecast as that, or or what, uh, Corporal Hicks. Oh, sorry, sure. And that so I, the only other movie I've seen him in where he's really like not in like in his element is oh god, I'm not sure either of you ever seen this. Take me home tonight, the Topher Grace like eighties oh, like like rom com movie. I have not. Take me home tonight. Yes. <laughs>
2: it's the movie that song's based on, right?
0: exactly it's like uh bring it back stacy's mom it's but they do play the song <laughs> in the movie rod they do play the song in the movie oh they, they actually got, the, got the rights okay okay there
1: we go <laughs> it
0: does happen uh, um but like even now he plays the dad and he's just very stoic like he's and i think that's the thing he i think because it's weird because even as kyle reese and oh god corporal Dwayne hicks he he knows how to act I think it's just people who just are probably almost intimidated by him. Like not like in a bad way, Mm -hmm. but just like, oh my god, like how do I like how do I direct this guy? Like this is the guy that's worked with Jimmy C. He's played these two larger than life characters. Like like how do I tell him what to do? Like that's the only thing I can think of. So they probably just tell. They probably just give him little instruction. He just goes with it.
1: Yeah, maybe he needs more direction than um than people give him credit for. But then the other thing is I haven't seen him in a lot of stuff other than the James Cameron things. I mean. And, and I mean, you know, aliens, I don't really, I gloss over all the performances for the, um, the profound stupidity of that film, uh, which I've I've talked about enough. Um, but I mean, yeah, you know, and, and maybe that's a thing, like you said, Jonathan Frakes you know, uh, this is what his third movie. I mean, the first two were Star Trek movies, so I don't know if those count, but on, on that topic, I mean, in terms of like camera placement, maybe not the, you know, uh, like working with the actors, I thought this movie was very well put together. I liked a lot of the cinematography and the way it was shot. I mean, even from the beginning, that big, like, long pullback shot from the airplane through the airport to the van when French Stewart is supposed to be being, like, sucked in or whatever the hell is supposed to be going on in that scene. I'm like, right off the bat, this is pretty neat, you know? And there's some scenes where, like, the camera's actually moving and things like that. I mean, I guess that adds to some of the... um, interesting aspects of the uh the hypertime sequences but i mean this being you know of the four films jonathan frakes has ever directed the only one i've seen because i've never seen any of the star trek movies i I was totally fine with it i thought this movie looked like good i think a lot of it
0: too is just uh even the visual storytelling of this i think a lot of it like yes we do have our exposition dumps but I think for the most part, when we first see Zach like, experiencing hypertime where he's, like, cleaning up the garbage and he finds the possum, even that is pretty laid out. Like, it's point where anybody can, like, understand what's happening. Even then, like, when he, like, something happens with the watch and it takes him out of it and he drops the possum and Francesca's, like, freaking out and she, like, is about to, sh- like, shoot him with the sink sprayer. Yes. Like, even that, like, I think the movie does a pretty solid job of the characters unraveling the... I don't want to say intricacies, but just kind of the 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 lines that this device can do, like how it can manipulate reality in a way that think about it, it's easy for children to digest. And mm-hmm. on top of that, it doesn't feel ham fisted. Or at least no more ham fisted than any sort of time quote unquote time travel rules have to be explained. Yeah,
2: I, I definitely agree. It's very accessible. Um, there is at no at no point is there any confusion about what's happening. And that yes. is a credit to the, uh, I, I guess the direction. I, I don't, I don't know all the movie terms. It's a credit to whoever decided how to make the movie.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm with you. I think you said it best, Zach. Like they figure out the mechanics in, in, in the movie universe. They figure out the mechanics of the watch incredibly quickly, <laughs> and it's well, you know, uh, explained to the audience. And then something else I loved right after the DJ scene. It cuts to what, um, Francesca, Zach, and Meeker all in the car together, and the scene just starts with Meeker saying, like, oh, man, this hyper-timed stuff is trippy, and I was like, thank God, movie, there was no scene where they explained it to Meeker, because I could see in a lesser version where it'd be like, okay, let's get our exposition dump of explaining this to Meeker, but, like, he's not, he doesn't, not a point in the movie, it doesn't matter in the movie or anything like that. We get our exposition dump later when he's like, you know, my molecules are moving fast because I heard my dad talk about this once, you know, (laughs) or something along those lines.
0: All right, I have I have a very incendiary, uh, provocative question to ask.
1: Uh wh- <laughs> oh, uh oh, we get
0: political. Oh no, I wish. Which is the clunkier, again, in quotation marks, time travel movie? Oh god, this or Tenet? I knew
1: it was, I knew you're going to say Tenet. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Which one's clunkier, Tenet?
1: I I have to agree. Tenet is Tenet might be. Tenet's very clunky. I was about to That's... say maybe the clunkiest time travel movie. I don't know about that because I, I I have to think back to all my time travel movies. But man, Tenet is. I mean that goddamn movie. Uh, that goddamn scene where Fleur Delacour, Woman Number One, I should say, <laughs> uh, in Tenet, when she explains that you know it's a it's a type of radiation that reverses entropy. That that is just like you know god it's not ground to a halt it's the car hit a wall
0: (laughs) (laughs) is it okay so think about this for a moment because like in my research for this i'm not sure how far you you two went but like the overall consensus, because I listened to a few podcasts about this, and the overall consensus is, oh, this movie is trash. And not even for, like, the reasons that Ben gave as, like, it dissolves under any sort of, like, scientific pressure. It's that, like, yeah, this is stupid. Like, like again, just digging into the things like, where'd the bullies go? Like, where's Meeker? It's, like, paintball's. LOL, 2000s culture, stupid. And I'm just kind of listening to it. I'm like, yeah, like, is this a product of its time? Absolutely. But as a, again, weird quasi time travel movie, it's pretty coherent relative to like other films in the genre. And that was the thing I was kind of surprised about, because even I found a Nostalgia Critic video for this, and he's like, oh, like, this has been, like, I don't know, whenever it was, like, uploaded, it was uploaded years ago. And he's like, yeah, like, I, I've been, like, requested this a lot, like, at the end when he get, like, kind of breaks character. He's like, yeah, I've been requested this because people always complain about it, but he's like, it's, like, fine? Like, there's not really any reason to hate this film. Like, everything it does, for the most part, like, it's it's intentionally doing. It's not, like... It's not being stupid or clunky in the way that like it's weird to think that the 2020 Christopher Nolan film somehow is a more of a mess than the 2002 Nickelodeon movie. <laughs>
2: no, I I have to agree with you. I mean, I, I was not impressed with this movie and I didn't necessarily enjoy watching it. But it is a very like straightforward movie. The plot makes sense. the The government's concerned about things. Like it's just there's there's nothing. This movie is just not spectacular. It's not. It's, that interesting other than the things they did right, but I, I there's nothing to hate about this movie.
1: I, I have to agree. Like I said at the start, it's fine fun. And and Zach, just to, I think, echo what you were saying, I didn't listen to any reviews, but I, you know, I always dig down, like, reviews at the time, and, and you know, and then I go down the Letterboxd rabbit hole. People on Letterbox despise this movie, which I yep, was very shocked yep, by. Like, it sits yep. at a 2.2, which is pretty low for Letterboxd. Like, overwhelmingly two stars. And all the reviews are things like, you know, like, you know, like one, like, somebody gave it a one and a half star review. This is just like one of the most popular ones, and they just list off things in the movie. They're like Blink One Eighty Two, BMX tricks, Nickelback, eBay, <laughs> and, and, and it's just like, is is that why it's bad? Not really. It's just of its time, if anything. Yeah, but that's where it, that's where it feels like it's like that
0: weird part of like cinema culture. Like, it's just like, it's like, I think people, I think the moment this, if you've never seen this movie or you forgot about it since 2002 and you watch this, and as soon as it begins, like, after the French Stewart part, and you hear, you see Jesse Bradford and you hear, oh, God, blink 182, I think immediately people, like, you can, I could, you could audibly hear the Cinema Sin sound.
3: Like, you could hear the
0: little bell ding. And I think that's the reason why a lot of people just like it, it's this movie's an easy target if you want to shoot fish in the barrel.
1: Yeah, to that extent. Wouldn't like I I guess maybe since this is only one of these we haven't covered too many of this like time period, you know, young adult kids movies, I guess if you want to call it that. I is that something that just people do these days like shit on these oh, kids yeah. movies? Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And Well, I, but,
0: but but this is but this is the thing I want to bring up and I in again being a hound of early 2000s Oh, God, Be- being the owner and president of the Hooch 2000s Early Nostalgia Club.
1: Um, <laughs> the, general manager say, of the general Hooch. manager
0: of the Hooch 2000s Early Nostalgia Club. Um, it's that notion of, like, I was thinking about this movie. And just, like, because there is some very, like, I-, I found it almost, like, maniacally brilliant product placement. Um, the, the people who make the watch in real life, like you see that logo of the watch, but it's so weird because like, it's a watch that at the time, like retailed for over like six, $800 in 2002. Mm-hmm. So with inflation, you're talking easily a thousand dollar watch. And it's like, what? Like if you want, again, I don't get it. It's like, is it a cool looking watch? It's like the equivalent of like using a DeLorean for a time travel device in 1983, <laughs> 84, sure. but it's like, you couldn't really... No kid would be getting that watch after watching this movie. And then you have things like when the, the bullies, like Douse, Meeker, and Mountain Dew, if you look at how the label is positioned toward the camera, it's like it's always being held by the what's the one bully's name, Ditto? It's yeah. always being held with the logo facing the camera. <laughs> sure. And then when we see Francesca with hers, she has a Pepsi and it's all the logo is always facing the camera. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm like the the subliminal advertising is just kind of like it's like you think of you're trying to do the math in your head. Because, again, we've talked about it a bunch over the years where you have like obviously the soda companies came in, the oil companies came in, bought a lot of these studios, even what's happening now, like in Disney. It's that notion that like like was Pepsi a big thing with Nickelodeon in the early 2000s? Like I, I, I the big thing I remember from early two thousands tie in was like purple and green ketchup. Oh <laughs> um, shit! Really, like that's oh, yeah. the only thing I can think of. And you think like like every single time, like like whether it be the nostalgia critic watching this movie, I see that Pepsi, like the Mountain Dew and Pepsi cups, and I'm just like, man, I'm like, like what is going on here? And just to add one more layer on this until I shut up. I want. I wonder because Rob, being the huge music person here. I'm like, where have I seen this like movie poster before? Like, and I realized, in the Avril Lavigne complicated video, oh, God. <laughs> as they're like going through like the mall doing all their like like shenanigans, in the background like, you have like one of those like like static directories, mm-hmm. and you see the Clock Stoppers poster in the background numerous
1: times.
0: Okay, and I'm just like think about like as much as we laugh about like avril lavigne i know she's released like a like some new music that's very much going back to like her mid-2000s roots um but like think about like complicated by avril lavigne's like one of those touchstones of early 2000s pop music um maybe you tell me if i'm wrong here rob transcended that um, to something like it's ubiquitous even for grandma and grandpa at home or even oh god, people born in the last 10 years they're, they are aware of that song Oh sure, sure. And, and obviously we all know YouTube now is the main way people consume music I wonder if like this movie has weirdly just like, oh god I don't even want to say permeate because that's probably too strong of a word but just it's kind of like, like an eyedropper's worth of like the keep it relevant Mountain Dew in the ocean I just <laughs> wonder like if it's weirdly snuck into the fabric of, of culture through like a back door
1: Yeah, I'm interested in, you know, if – because, of course, when you pitched this, Zach, I had mentioned the Blu-ray. I was like, oh, yeah, Clockstoppers. And when I talked to Ben, I was like, oh, we're going to – like, Clockstoppers, do you want to – like, do you have interest at You were like, oh, yeah, Clockstoppers. I would imagine, you know, for our age age group and probably, you know, with a a wide, like, kind of, you know, surrounding around it, like a margin of error, if you will, that people would be like, oh, yeah, I know that movie. And I – i guess i don't really know why i haven't talked to a lot of people about this though but it's i think it's something like you said it's an eyedropper like it doesn't really come up that much but when it does everybody goes oh yeah that type of thing
0: oh yeah that is a movie yeah, it yeah, should exactly. also be stated in the Avril Lavigne complicated video. There's another poster, but it's not a movie poster. It's a TV movie poster Ooh. and Rob and, and Rob, this is where we might truly hit the nexus of like my early 2000s nostalgia. It's clock and it's cadet Kelly.
3: Oh God. Okay. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so we figured it out everybody. We figured it out why I'm the uh, bad person I am today. <laughs>
1: I think you went back in time, and you and we were the set dresser on that video, <laughs> for sure. For sure. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we've been talking about about the music. Like, um, you can go to the Wikipedia page for this, and like, look at the the soundtrack. The, there's so much on here. Um, you know, like we said, the um the the Smash Mouth, the Blink 182. Um, there's a Sugar Ray song, Simple Plan, New Found Glory, Nickelback. We talked about, um, but we had to get to it. I I think you know before we, I think I think it was before we started recording. Um, they they start playing, not surprisingly, in this, you know, time travel movie, time after time. But as soon as it starts playing, I'm like, this is not the Cyndi Lauper version, you know? This is not the one that everybody knows. Uh, it's a male singer. And I, I had to look it up, because I was like, what the fuck is this? And it's Uncle Cracker covering time after time. And that that was very surprising to me. Uh, I mean, not to jump the gun. Well, I guess to jump the gun. That's going to be what I want to play in reverse at the end of this episode. Um, but man, that threw me for a loop. But it, it makes sense. Like, I'm actually surprised that there wasn't more, like, time-related songs or songs with time in the title in this soundtrack than, than I mean, what we get that. And I think there's, on the soundtrack, um the Cranberries' Time is Ticking Out is also on there. And that's kind of it.
0: There's, the, the licensing for music in this must have been, like, half the budget.
3: <laughs>
1: sure. Like,
0: because, okay, Rob... Well, okay, like, explain this to me because you know understand music. By this time, like by 2001, when they were like, again, like obviously in post production, yeah. like adding music, was Blink 182 over or were they still popular?
1: Oh, they were, I think they were still popular. Um, that's so to have that in like a movie like this, it must have cost them, right? Oh, sure, sure. I would definitely think so. I mean, even, um, uh, there's a Third Eye Blind song in here, and I think they were um, still there. I mean, especially Smash Mouth was, I don't know, when they got the rights, when this was in relation to Shrek, of course, but, you know, people people want to hear Smash Mouth. Um, but, yeah, you're right. I mean, they must have paid a pretty penny for, for a lot of this music.
2: Yeah. and that The music felt, like, every
1: couple minutes, it was like, hey, look how relevant this movie is. <laughs> sure sure or kind of like you were like saying a bunch of needle drafts like maybe it was like well we spent the money we got to use it we got to put it in the forefront <laughs> that's but like some
0: of this like, like there's some moments in this where like okay like the blink 182 song all the small things but even like you have like a second blink song. What was it first date yeah, that first plays date, yeah. and i'm like did, did you need two of their songs like just the <laughs> Like, I get it. It works, but, like, it's that equivalent of, like, oh, God. Again, ju- like almost, like, jukebox musical level, mm-hmm. where it's just, like, yeah, like, this song, like, works on the most superficial level. Let's just plug it in here. Like, there was no, like, it was the most superficial level of thought. Like, it was, like, okay, yeah, this works. Pull, like, plug it in. And then well, even the Uncle the Uncle Cracker cover being the most amazing, like, thing I discovered from this, because I'd never picked up on that before. And I'm, like, Uncle Cracker. Again, I had the soundtrack for this as a kid. And that only is on the soundtrack. I could be wrong, but I don't think it is.
1: Okay, okay.
2: Uh, when I was watching this movie, my wife was sitting behind me doing so. She was, like, I don't know, at a table doing some work. And she was like, are you watching Blink-182 the movie? <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I was like, basically? She was like, I thought the music movie series was over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's there. I mean, it, it is. Uh, it is. They pump it into into our brain. But I mean, maybe that was the thing. I mean, well, looking at the other Nickelodeon movies, I mean. Good Burger, I, I mean, God, I, I hate to say it. I, ha- I did watch Good Burger like three years ago or something. Um, I don't remember that having a lot of music. That was more of the cameos. If anybody doesn't remember, Shaq and Carmen Electra are in Good Burger. Um, oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but, I mean, the other movies like, you know, Harriet the Spy, we all don't remember uh, at all. But like Rugrats movie, Rugrats in Paris, Jimmy Neutron. I, I'm sure they had some music, but this one, maybe this was one of the first ones where they're like, hey, we're trying to reach a, a huge audience. It's not just for like kids who are fans. of of a tv show so let's get some music that'll maybe like drag people in or maybe keep people entertained i guess is the maybe you know better better way to say it um yeah I, i could totally see that absolutely and then well, this, like... they don't even do it for a while. Like, after this, it's Hey Arnold, Wild Thornberries, the third Rugrats movie, the SpongeBob movie. And then it's not until 2004 that you, you get a series of unfortunate events, which is devoid of relevant music because that movie takes place in a drab universe, which which is full of sadness and things like that. <laughs>
0: But how much... Okay, and this was more to, like, again, going back to, like, the weird, like, sub, like not subliminal, but just, like, subconscious conditioning through, like, pop music.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Is that notion of, like, they've been doing that forever. Like, even to this day, like, they'll play commercials for, te- like, for like movies, whatever, and they'll have some contemporary pop song. Like, they'll be, like, whatever the latest Bruno Mars, like, top, yep. like, 40 song will just be plugged in because whatever. And, but, like, it's so rare. Like, what, Rob? The most oh god egregious example this was what suicide squad where yes. like every single 10 like well, every like two to five minutes there's a needle drop and this was yeah. like almost as bad as the, like that I, 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 like where it's just like it just plugged in hard it's not subtle at all
1: yeah isn't like the first 40 minutes of suicide squad um like just music videos introducing all the characters and some characters have two introductions that are music videos Yeah, oh, well, yeah.
3: oh definitely. <laughs> but that's
0: so but like it's so even back in 2002 that was rare for that to happen. Like yes, with things like Shrek where like the commercial would be like, and "I'm a believer." Yeah. and It's like the Smash Mouth version. And you're like, "Okay, I get it." Like whatever. But even in Shrek, like you don't have like is as bad as Shrek is, it doesn't have that insane level of needle drops
1: that well yeah definitely definitely
0: it's not guardians of the galaxy level just like we're just gonna beat you over the head with like
1: 70s like pop rock sure sure Yeah, that's a good point. So the trailers as well, I mean, I'm thinking back to, and this is just pure, you know, 20-plus-year-old memories. Like, back in the day when I was a kid, I remember trailers, you know, not being just, oh, let's play a modern song or let's play, you know, a a rendition of a very popular song like it is today. I mean, I I think of the House of Gucci trailer where they played the slow version of that Blondie song. Um, I think of trailers back when I was a kid, and it's like, you know, you get, uh, what, someone like Don LaFontaine or something to be, or the movie phone guy to be like, in a world where you can slow, or you can speed up and makes you go faster. And then it's intercut with scenes from the movie. I, yeah. Okay. I I wonder what the transition was. That's what the trick.
0: Okay. It's funny. You mentioned Don LaFontaine. Cause it's not him in this trip, the trailer for clock scoppers. It is narration with (laughs) blink 182's all the small things. Okay, It's both. It's both. It's not just one or the other. It, 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 it lays it up, not just with footage, not just with contemporary pop, also with a narrator laying out the plot.
1: Hot damn! Whoa. Okay, okay, maybe uh, maybe this started something uh, that, that we're uh, ruined for today. Because <laughs> what James I mean, Gunn just James I, I, Gunn
0: watched this and was just like, you know what, I've got an angle.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, because what now? All the trailers that I see, whenever I do watch trailers, it's either for something like. Um, dinosaur six dinosaurs again for the sixth time Um, like that because I have to see it or it's something that pops up on YouTube and it's always that it's always like, you know, like just scenes from the movie with some song playing over it and then the song will drop out you'll get one line of dialogue and then they'll like you know do a dubstep drop where the song comes back in and it's like you know oh jesus christ dog uh, subscribe to hbo max right now or you're going to die basically and then it's <laughs> it's always the same fucking thing it's cookie cutter
2: <laughs> i like that subscribe to hbo max right now or you're just going to die <laughs>
1: Yeah, trailers, trailers, trailers are weird. I mean, there's a reason I've stayed away from them for like, what, 10 years or so now. (laughs) I did, speaking of trailers, I did see on a quick tangent while we're on trailers, I did see the uh, trailers act for uh, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis movie. Oh,
0: okay, we can't go. Okay, do you want to go into that tangent right now? No, we can't,
1: we can't go. But I mean, you kind of did wait, 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 jukebox say jukebox musical I'll... before, and that makes you think of Baz Luhrmann too. Can we
0: make it? Can we do another prediction about Baz Luhrmann's Elvis, much like we did for Ghostbusters Afterlife, where we both guessed oh. it would be Force Ghost Harold Ramis?
1: <laughs> what what we... Force Ghost are you trying to guess <laughs> in this? <laughs> force Ghost Elvis
0: shows up. I thought you were going to
1: say Force Ghost Harold Ramis will be in Elvis <laughs> Okay. <laughs> um, no, I mean, just I just want to say on the uh, topic because I did watch the trailer because it popped up on YouTube. Um, uh, I'm very upset, Bill Murray. Uh, I I am I am upset that Oprah uh, oh, Bill Murray. <laughs> I am upset that Jack White is not playing Elvis because Jack White as Elvis in Dewey Cox or Walk Hard: The Dewey Cox Story is the probably one of the best scenes in that movie. <laughs> Oh, Baz Lerman, you crazy, crazy man. Um, but yeah, trailers, I mean, so I mean, I'm glad you watched the trailer for Clockstoppers because I, I, to know that it was this blend of, of <laughs> contemporary and past trailer styles is just wild. <laughs> <sighs> I'm trying to think,
0: well, I'm trying to other things from this movie that really, again, the subliminal, like, advertising when it came to, like, the is the watch. Um, did you pick up on, like, in the science conference, all the different, like, little vendor booths?
1: Oh, of pseudo soy is something I have for snacks. Definitely. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, uh, it's actually meat. Yeah.
0: <laughs> and then they're out for lunch that was the job. I kept laughing I think they kept going by that booth there's a little like card that says out for lunch yes
1: yes that they're yeah they're selling a, a food product and they're not there eating their own food product <laughs> <laughs> um, but no yeah I definitely um, saw that oh that that whole scene where what Francesca is distracting the um the nerdy industrial guys.
2: strength glue gun yes yeah
1: <laughs> that was That was what blew me away is that they're like a French Stewart is like, "'Oh, we need all this high tech stuff so I can make this super you know fancy scientific hyper time watch, and then they go to that booth and they're like, That's a glue gun that's a flash drive, and it's like is, is, <laughs> is this the intense technology they need to make a time stopping watch, and on that same vein, like French Stewart, man, you made this whole fucking watch that you know lets you go in a hyper time, but it's not waterproof." <laughs>
3: Talk yeah, about a script a contrivance.
1: <laughs> you can make it to watch it can stop time but he can't hotwire
0: a car <laughs> or or pick a pick handcuffs lock.
1: Oh my god, the 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 hotwiring the car thing, that I, I I felt kind of they should not have included the shot of him, like, physically putting the stripped wire to slightly below the ignition on the car and it turns on. They should have just, sh- like, l- played the sound of the car turning on. Because, I mean, don't get me wrong, guys. I have never hotwired a car. I don't know if you guys have. But I'm pretty sure you don't just take a wire and touch it to part of the exterior of the car or of the, of the steering wheel. <laughs> uh,
2: my best guess as to how hot-wiring works is that you have a hot-wired... That and then you have the ignition, which is has cold wires coming out of it. Yeah. And you try to put the hot wire to one of those cold wires so that the ignition thinks that the key was turned.
1: Exactly. Like even when when I see it in That's other movies, best, yes. you, you see people like putting two wires together. <laughs> this was like the equivalent of just like he touched it to something. And French Stewart even says he's now like touch it a little below to so the steering was, column. Yeah. yeah. And I'm like, and I'm like, I, I'm like, I'm like, I'm not doing shit. <laughs> it was uh... weird that they showed it though. <laughs>
2: Well, you know, they gotta they gotta make kids not know how to hotwire vehicles. Oh, that
1: that's that's a good point. I mean, you know, uh, the kids. This should have been a disclaimer. Kids, don't try this at home. Don't take a wire out of a car and strip it with your teeth. <laughs> Um but that that's that scene at the uh the science convention. Oh, which another line near the beginning of the movie that I liked when Zach and his dad are fighting um because his dad is neglectful or cares more about his research or whatever. Zach says, you know, he's like, I invited you to come to the uh come on my trip with me and he says, The Congress of Applied Science, now there's fun for the whole family. <laughs> <laughs> but that, that scene where Francesca is distracting the um the two guys at the booth, that is a scene directly out of the X-Files. That's a lone there's a lone gunman episode where they do that exact thing. Um so I had that that vibe. Uh but I mean I wanted to talk about Francesca, played by uh I believe Paula Garces. Yeah, Paula Garces. She is twenty-seven while making this movie. She is a twenty-seven-year-old oh, wow. playing 17. She looks great for twenty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> and I also have to say, when she showed up, I know you guys are going to love this, of course I know her, as CSU lab technician Millie Vizcarando from Law & Order Special Victims Unit, which is like maybe six years after this movie or something, and she looks the same. She looks still very, very young. Um, but it was great to see her. I don't think she's bad or anything in this movie, I just wanted to point her out. I thought she was one of the more fun elements. I Once again, to the testament of the credit of this movie, I love that when she's still in hyper time when Zach like stops when like the brother is about to hit him with the bicycle when they're first learning it. She's just up on the balcony and she's like, took you long enough. It's like, fine, great. She just understands it. She's okay with it. That type of thing. <laughs>
2: uh, yeah. I thought he was on the skateboard, but.
1: Oh yeah. Skateboard bike, whatever it was. Sure. Yeah. Um, the He's in it for that one scene. And um, I, I also like the whole thing where she's like, you know, you're going to help me rake. And he's like, I was thinking like a date or a movie. And she's like, bitch, do my chores. <laughs> <laughs>
2: She's like, this way, when there's a lull, at least my leaves get raked. Yes. And then my wife was like, when did, when's the next time you're going to rake my leaves? And yeah. I was like, is this – did this become about sex? I don't –
1: Yeah, <laughs> what's this a euphemism <laughs> for? <laughs> <laughs> no, but, I mean, she's, she's good in it. I was just shocked to see that she's 23. 27 while making this movie um but you know it's she's she's fine i mean i guess you know i don't really have a problem with any of the performances like we said except really you know michael bean just not doing anything but like we already talked about i mean other than that like french stewart's french stewart he's doing his thing even the main kid which i don't know from anything else i know you said his name zach i didn't write it down um but he's he's fine he's
0: he's he's been he was one of those ones like he was again he he was in swim fans Which was, like, like his, like, weird, angsty, like, teenage, like, oh, God. I I don't don't want to call it maybe even a neo-noir, where, like, he's, like, a professional swimmer, and he, like, starts getting involved with this girl, and she goes off. It's, like, a Lifetime movie. It was, like, that was, like, his big, like, it's funny. Like, you either knew Jesse Bradford from Swim Fan, or you knew him from Clockstoppers. Um, I always, he was also, I think, in Flags of Our Fathers, the Clint Eastwood movie. He had, like, a role in that, which was, like, because, again, I always, I knew who he was because of Clockstoppers. Um, he also has a bit role, I think, in the social network. He's the um one that's doing the um hazing for um
3: oh, okay. Andrew
0: Garfield's character. And like he'll show up like in the weirdest places where like I'll get excited because I always liked him as an actor. Um again, a lot of that just being blind nostalgia. And like I'll get excited and be like, oh, oh, like, is he coming back? And then, like, I think the last major thing he was in, he was in – um, oh, God, Rob's going to hate me – a Marvel One short that was, like, on the Avengers Blu-ray. And it was supposed to be, like, like what happened to, like, all those alien guns that were, like, left in New York after the events of, of that first film. Okay. And I'm like – it also featured uh, Lizzie Kaplan. And I'm like, oh, because I think they like the end of the bit. It's like five minutes short. And like at the end, they get like recruited to work for SHIELD. And I'm like, oh, are they going to be like part of this whole thing now? And then like I looked up his IMDb and like he hasn't done anything since like 2018. And I'm like, oh, I'm like, is, is this a guy who just like, like you know what? Like he had his fun being an actor and he just became an adult. He decided to become an adult. <laughs> it's like, okay, like yeah, it was fun. Like I did this in my 20s and 30s and uh, I've moved on. I'm an adult now. So I don't know. He I've always found him like he's a charming enough actor. He's like he's not smarmy. Like he he's he's a smartass, but he's not like annoying. That's one thing I got to give this movie credit too. Is like nobody's annoying in this, especially for like a kid's time travel movie.
1: Sure, sure, yeah. And I I I think he's like he said smarmy, but not. He doesn't really come off as like it's not like um you know you're not rooting against him or you think he's annoying or anything. I think that goes back to what we are saying about him being like the um the Marty McFly type character. I, and like I, I said, I, I, you know, I, I think his, his performance is fine. I think the one scene I wanted to highlight with him though, where he's going a little too overboard is when he's yelling at French Stewart, when they're trying to sneak into the QT headquarters. Oh yeah. Where French Stewart's like, I don't want to go in there. You know, I've been trapped in there for a million years or whatever in his time. And, and he, and Zach starts yelling at him and he is, he is going hard with some facial expressions that he could pull back on for sure. <laughs> We well, even that whole like third act thing of like
0: going to rescue the father at the QT base. Mm-hmm. Like I love how we see a shot of them comically just like running across the field in front of an office building. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it it feels like they stole a shot cuz like we don't see anybody's face. It just feels like they put a bunch of like probably crew members in like the costumes. Like yeah, we we need we we need a shot of this. And they, again, two takes freight, strikes again. And he, like it was like, okay. And then next thing you know, like they're, they're in it, like, oh God, a ventilation shaft that's what, ten by ten feet? Yep. It's like, okay, I guess if it's like an industrial like warehouse, maybe they'd be that sort of ventilation. But like in getting the comically large like ventilation fan that I'm like, okay, again, you think like, oh, this is gonna play like a role at something. It's great. like no.
2: That's way too big.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. <laughs> like, no ventil no ventilation fan is gonna give you a grate like that. That <laughs> no, you can just walk through. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, lo- I love I love it though. You uh, I love it though because when they come through that grate after, you know, getting through the fan and, and they've lost French Stewart, when they come into the QT headquarters, uh an unauthorized hypertime alarm goes off. That that got me. I was like, Okay, they have a way to detect hypertime and it says unauthorized hypertime alarm
2: <laughs> And it's uh it also has to be playing in hypertime because they hear it.
1: Yes, yes. Oh, that's... I didn't even think about that then, but you're absolutely right.
2: (laughs) It's playing in hypertime... And presumably not in normal time, because like, why would you need to hear it in normal time?
1: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Who knows? But yeah, that look at
2: all the poor
0: guards stationed in hyper time. Like, wouldn't they age like immediately? Like, what do you do? Like, it's like the equivalent of the guys that had to like what sanitize Chernobyl. Like, what do you do? Like, spend like three <laughs> minutes in
1: hyper time security and get rotated out? Yeah, the shifts are incredibly short. <laughs>
2: I
0: mean, they they feel like eight hour shifts. Yeah. They're just <laughs> yeah. You you need to hire tens of thousands of people. Oh my god. But yeah, like there's stuff like that. Cause even like we see because, then we didn't even talk about the um oh god, Ben, I, I'm curious we you kind of touched upon it. But the idea like you freeze people with like nitrogen in order to bring them down from hypertime. So our protagonist version of that is what draining a paintball of paint and filling it with liquid nitrogen. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> that scene is that scene is pretty dumb when we see him doing little surgery on the paintballs, and I'm just like, oh god.
0: <laughs> but I but this the thing though. Is that we see again? Francesca has the paintball nitrogen gun. Then we see Zach with one, and he, he takes the bike from what the courier, and yet he has this giant backpack contraption on his back. Mm-hmm. And as I was watching, I'm like, oh, is that like a thing that's gonna like like a, like a backpack that's gonna like feed him like an arsenal of these things? But no, in the elevator, he takes like the container for hold like the what cartridge it's a hopper. Hop- okay, there you go. And it's like he sits there like. He switches it out and I'm like, wait, why do you have that backpack on the entire time?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we get the whole thing where he, like, touches it and he's like, oh, it's cold, you know, because it's it's cold, I guess, you know. But you're right, there should have been, because we get the whole thing when he's raking leaves where he's like, who the fuck rakes leaves by hand? I'm going to mess with your family's lawnmower. Uh, And, and, you know, in the scene we see him writing that duct tape thing, that duct tape janky ass lawnmower with a tube on it. It's not doing a damn thing and it just cuts to all the leaves being cleared. So, yeah, we should have got a scene of him, like, you know, figuring out how to, you know, come up with basically like a chain gun of nitrogen paint balls. Yeah, do we or ever? at least a, a feeder for the Exactly,
0: the yeah. so I don't even think it's like, again yeah, it's not even like remotely connected because he has the extra cartridge, like what, Velcro to like his chest? <laughs> and I'm just like, why, why again, like I get it, like it was something for like the costume, but like whatever. And what was the plan? Like once they snuck into the base, how are they get the father out? Like they again, French Stewart draws him a very Oh, they put detailed... him in the
2: backpack. <laughs> That's
1: what the... <laughs> Perfect.
0: <laughs> but yeah, like, well, how do they... again, though, it's like, what was the plan? Like, why are they going to QT? It's like, oh, they're going to rescue the father. How? Yeah. yeah. How are they going to rescue him? It's like, there was just kind of like, well, we're going here because the script told us to go here at this point.
1: Yeah, no, like I was no saying, it, it's it's so. it's just it, yeah. I mean, you know, just go just go in reverse, you know. <laughs> but I mean, that's what I was saying. It's like the movie just cares about getting from point A to point B. You know, there's no like thought about the future. It's just like, come on, let's keep our wheels moving. Because you're absolutely right. It's like they have no plan. They just go in and and you know. And then of course, French Stewart's like, I don't want to go back there. You know, he's gonna pop up. My my literal note when um uh, Zach takes the broken time watch out of the trash can. My literal note is decoy watch incoming, but they don't even show him switching it out. They just say, he's like, huh, I switched it out. And then it's just like, okay, I, I, I mean, I saw it coming, but I thought it was going to be highlighted a little bit more. At
0: least in the elevator, he does has You do see him like, like he looks at the watch and he hesitates. And then like, next thing we know, the elevator door is open.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: There, it, it's a little too subtle, but it is there. Sure.
1: Sure. Um, The other thing about, like, something that's subtle, I guess. Maybe not subtle. I I was actually—it may be not confused, but it comes out of nowhere— the, the de-aging chair that French Stewart uses, I was kind of like, when the hell did this get established? But I guess that's what they – didn't they well, – they That's want... why
2: they kidnapped the
1: dad. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I gathered. But, I mean, it I was just like, what? I was like, okay, you know, and what does the dad say at the end? He's like, it, it never got tested or something like that, and French yeah, Stewart they... uses it anyway. And it's just like, okay, he becomes a, a teenager again. But that then that's the other thing I was like – confused about like, uh, uh, like the, the college, pro- the dad was like the professor which I assumed was college for you know um, French Stewart's younger version but like was French Stewart a teenager when he was in college or something or I, I was, I don't know, I, but the movie doesn't care so I shouldn't care either I guess
2: <laughs> uh, I I don't know that any, like whether he was a teenager in college or not matters I the thing that I found a problem with, with is like he was supposed to make something that stabilizes you so you're not
0: aging yes. while you're
2: but instead he makes something that reverse ages you. I think but he did it within a couple hours.
0: I think well
2: Well, okay, in hyper
1: time, so he did it. Who knows?
0: I think <laughs> I think the thing is that it's supposed again, like they keep like a couple times we'll see Michael Bean like playing around with like a barber's chair. Yeah. And I think the thing is that, like, again, Zach's dad, whatever his name is, is like, oh, we didn't test it, like you said. And then we see French Stewart sitting there. And I think it is supposed to stabilize it to some degree. I think it was just like, okay, French Stewart just, again, being as reckless as he was the whole movie with this technology. Just like, he's like, oh, I don't want to be this old. I'm just going to dial it up to 11 and see what happens. Like, what's the worst? Like, I'm surprised. Like, if this was any movie made today, it'd be a baby and, like, in, like, a car seat.
1: <laughs> like if this was made today that's what it would have been yeah like he went back too far i like that that's what yeah. it should have
0: been well <laughs> like even like at the end we sit there like like it's like okay the doctor walks up like the wife's there the mother and she's like oh my god like look what happened to you and it's like he's like i'm more distinguished and he's and she's like wait where's our son it's like oh we had to stop off first i'm like did did, did nobody call mom to let her know that we're safe they just (laughs) just leave the laboratory and go immediately to the car dealership unless they were buying it in cash like do you know how long it takes to buy a car yeah exactly Even if you pay cash you know how long it takes to buy a car like you wouldn't call your wife and tell her like yeah you know what like again it's a cute ending like again like rob said momentum just want to get out the door like on a high but, like, there's a there's certain, like, level of, like, where reality – this is not the same reality we live in. Yeah, the like, car, forget about time travel, just how people interact.
1: I, I thought at the end when they go and buy the car, the car should have been totaled from the previous scene when him <laughs> and Francesca are fucking around town and they ride on the windshield and, like, pop the hood up and stuff like that. Like oh, that, I mean <laughs> the hood hinges
2: definitely should have been broken. Yeah,
1: yeah, but the car looks as good as ever, of course, because, you know, kid gets his car at the end.
0: <laughs> he gets the car and the girl. Okay, this okay. Considering that you two gentlemen are far more inclined when it comes to the scientific nature of uh, things, and just when it comes to movies, can any of you explain to me that the the grand scheme to escape from QT is to for Zach to go into super duper hyper time? He goes through a wall. He opens what a release valve for for what gas is he opening? Like the, the 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 release valve for.
2: Um, I, I don't know. I I, I I don't know that it was marked.
1: Yeah, I don't remember either. For some reason, I'm thinking hydrogen, but I'm not the sure. Point, the point is that it's flammable, correct? Yeah. Uh, yeah, they, okay. I mean, that explosion that they pull off is, is actually, I was like, oh man, they blew up that whole fucking thing. <laughs> okay, so
0: like the plan is for him to hyper-hyper-time out of the containment center pull this release valve and then the father and francesca hide in some weird little contraption that goes below the ground but they left a torch going and the only thing and the whole point of this was for what them to take the shutters down and somehow that connects the fire to the gas in
3: the air
2: um i thought that they i thought he opened the did he open the
1: the door i thought he did I think so. I, I think there is some type of uh, – something breaking or the door getting opened. Yeah, I think that's when the explosion happens. But wouldn't, wouldn't the
0: first thing you do is to turn off the gas? Like like this is the thing though. Is like by opening the door, what – like, okay, it's the thing. If if he released gas outside the containment chamber,
3: mm-hmm.
0: wouldn't that have been the first priority to have turned – again, I get it. It's a movie. Sure. But sure. wouldn't that have been the first priority is to turn the gas off outside? But if the gas was turned on inside the lab – wouldn't it have already exploded regardless if they opened the door or not? Uh, no, it, the the fire was inside. Was the thing was inside
2: the door they opened? Right.
0: That's that's what I thought though. But like, was the gas on that long enough of time? Oh, God. that it would have caused that level of explosion instantaneously?
2: Uh, no.
0: Okay. This, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying me, to figure yeah. this out because that's a nice explosion. Like people are like, Zach killed people. Like we laughed <laughs> at the bad guys in this. They didn't the oh, bad yeah. guys didn't kill anybody in this. The protagonist is responsible for more deaths than the villains are. <laughs> like this is some Man of steel level stuff right here.
1: That's yeah, that's very true. I hadn't considered that.
0: Yeah, um, that,
1: that explosion although, is impressive, I have to say. I
0: that's why that. the cops are chasing after him at the end. Like he's responsible for murder. Oh, yeah. <laughs> These are Department of Defense contractors that he murdered. He trespassed and murdered them.
2: They were going to sell technology to uh, our enemies, apparently.
0: They, they said that though but they didn't do that like we never see them like oh like, yeah only, I know the only thing that was missing from this is like the guy like cl- like it's like that scene from taken where we see the guy like it's clearly like of like Arabian descent and he has Liam Neeson's uh, daughter yeah like that was the only thing that was missing was like seeing like the sheikh like with the briefcase of money yeah that was the only scene yep. that was missing from this
1: you're right I now I'm imagining that you know in the big final you know set piece of them in the um in the QT building but with the containment chain hypertime chamber whatever you want to call it that we have like the Middle Eastern Sheikh you know with the, with like you said, the briefcase, and it's like you know, I'm here to see the demonstration of the hyper time or anything like that. Yep,
3: <laughs>
0: that's the like I said. It's just one of those things where, like, at the end, like I get it. Like again, it's a cute ending, but like we see bodies. Like when we see like like the <laughs> like the father and Francesco, like, they're walking over murdered people, and they're like, Zach, are you okay? It's like shit there's there's a body like bag that's gonna be like body bags that will be carried out of here and then it's like and michael bean's only concern is to like what freeze the girlfriend who's the least important member of this trio walking out of here yeah, yeah. like say good night little man
1: Oh God! Oh God! And what a different time, too, right? You know, 2002 and the shadow of 9/11. The NSA is the good guys at the end. They save the day, <laughs> or at least you know, come in, come in and save them. I was like, wow, you know, talk about outdated. <laughs>
0: Even, like, watching French Stewart get onto a plane was, like, like a relic of a bygone era. It's, like, the equivalent of just, like, somebody <laughs> buying a pack of cigarettes. It's, like, man, just being the idea of just like, oh, God, like, y- the thing goes off as you're going through, like, metal detector and nobody just immediately pulls out a gun. It's, yeah, like, like, being nightsticked. Just
1: <laughs> pretty much. And he just like, on the ground.
0: You can buy somebody's ticket, like, while you're waiting at the gate.
1: Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, my God. That was weird where he's like, he's like, I need a vacation and just throws a wad of cash at the at the dad who looks at his crying children. <laughs> <laughs> just
2: like, fuck being anywhere with these children. I might as well but have like,
1: golf gloves.
0: But even – I guess I think, <laughs> <laughs> think that, the thing that's fun to think about. We're going to dissect this movie on a practicality level. This is it. Like, so, okay, so let's say you're the wife with the like the like the husband with like what three or four screaming kids Mm -hmm. and it's like think about it's 2002 so how much is like a round trip flight for like you and your kids like to costa rica um it's not
2: cheap it's not a couple hundred uh, you know because he he throws him a couple crumbled hundred dollar bills yeah it's like maybe 10 or 15
0: what ten or fifteen hundred dollar bills yeah
2: i i believe that's so. like
0: okay but that's like what like fifteen hundred dollars like yeah. i can't imagine in 2002 tickets to costa rica in 2002 would have been, for like a family like think about it most of those kids are like underage like i think i think the family made out in that transaction you think so i think they did like I, why I mean, else? i've never I flown they, to costa rica but i can't imagine that it's Okay,
1: Robin, right. I, I... Robin then
0: I'm gonna do a real time search for tickets to Costa Rica right okay. now.
1: I mean also think about I'm sure they had the family had some like hotel reservations, maybe they had like a whole vacation package. I I really don't know. I mean, I I took it more as I the the father um, saw it as even if he took a loss, uh, financial loss, he has a you know a mental gain because he doesn't have to go on a plane with his crying children or something like that. And I know, yeah, maybe definitely- maybe he's looking for a divorce too. <laughs> maybe the wife's gonna be like you know you fuck you fucking sold our tickets. You're like what the hell's wrong with you? You know could be. But yeah, I really have no. I, that's of something that crossed my crossed my mind while I was I, I I saw that stuff. I was more um I was more taken aback by the 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 whole I the trope of the family being ready to go on vacation already wearing their matching vacation Hawaiian shirts. <laughs> I was more a, attracted to that in the scene.
0: <laughs> okay, um, because as of now, ticket prices to Costa Rica to go to San Jose is like a two hundred dollar ticket. Oh really? Yeah.
3: Wow. That's
0: okay. To be fair, I'm not really doing this like in the most. Again, I'm doing this is kind of like back of the envelope math, but that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to figure Fuck out it. what it would be. I guess I think they made out on the deal. Like that's the thing. Yeah. So like with like reverse inflation, like maybe a hundred again, a hundred and fifty dollars per ticket. And if it's a child's ticket, you probably get some sort of deal too. So I think. No.
3: I way. think they, they probably. Made-
0: <laughs> <laughs> I,
2: I mean, realistically,
0: that's. I think, again, like, even, like, okay, we got to talk about French Stewart and him bribing people in this, too. Because, like, that plays, like, at two different points, he's oh bribing God. people.
1: Okay, one, one, with with the information we've just gathered, I will, we'll do some re- more research off Mike, But, um, holy shit, guys, I think all three of us should go to uh, Costa Rica with the Patreon money, if it's that fucking cheap. <laughs> like, let's <laughs> take like a Cinelladity's yeah. vacation. Holy shit. But, two, Zach, I'm so glad you bring up the bribing. I what What is wrong with the woman at the hotel desk that he bribes? because she looks like she's having a migraine, but when she gets away from her book and when she like is called by Zach and it's like, did I check out that type of thing? She seems fine. so my my guess is that she has f- physical pain brought onto her while she's attempting to read that, that's that's my only <laughs> thought in that scene because she looks like she is really hurting in when French Stewart uh, approaches her.
0: Oh, she looked, like, that's the thing, like, she's reading this and you can tell, like, she's having some, like, I like she's frustrated by reading. Like, it's a certain level, like, it's it's more like, oh, God, maybe pathological she, almost.
2: Maybe she's reading, like, someone's memoirs and they're really stupid. Maybe it's the <laughs> thing she's reading. Like, God, you fucking wrote this,
1: you know? Yeah, I, I could see that. I could see that. I, I just like that she's like, you know, I really need to learn how to read <laughs> or, like, break through the fact that I, it brings me pain to read, you know? This is my question to you, though if let's say for example you were just
0: working like as the concierge desk at a hotel and somebody wanted to know a room number of a guest what is the dollar amount that you would need to be bribed like where is that cutoff where you eventually like okay i'll give them what they want
2: mm, that's um an interesting question i mean i don't know i would expect that they're trying to do a murder so <laughs> yeah let's assume with this get, vet, i'm gonna need ass- half
1: their hitman fee <laughs> see i think now, i'm with i'm with you ben that i would i would imagine some wrongdoing is going to happen um like a crime like any type of crime uh but since i am an agent of chaos i would say a dollar <laughs> i want just the crime show to me you serious about it pull out your wallet <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah i don't even need any money i just
0: need to know, that Cause, you know. what because at that point though it's like where where is that cutoff? like 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 where do you say like okay I've gotten enough of that like because clearly like if somebody gives you a hundred dollar bill and you're like like she does and it's like two hundred dollars and it's like where like why stop at three hundred clearly this person has a lot of money just keep going until eventually they push back on you like at yeah. this point she like she like tapped out while she was on a hot streak
1: that's. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's a, a good, that's point, a good Zach. point, Yeah, definitely. I mean, there's a scene in Lost where Miles is going in cahoots to release Ben Linus from being imprisoned, and um, he says something, he's like, I'll help you out, Ben, Ben Linus, but you need to give me, like, $10,367,480, and he's very specific. So let's, let's should have done that. The woman should have been like, I have a car payment coming up, can you give me, like, I don't know, like, $436.78? <laughs> <laughs> I want it right She's very fiscally responsible. (laughs)
3: you know who i am yes you know who i work for yes you know he's put a lot of time and energy into finding you so now i found you and i can tell him exactly where you are or i can lie and tell him you're already dead and i'd be willing to do that For $3.2 million. You've arranged this meeting so you could blackmail me? It's extortion if you want to get technical. 3.2. Why not 3.3 or
0: 3.4? With inflation, $300 now would be $470.73. So you were pretty close, Rob. There
3: we go. Oh, shit.
0: (laughs) So imagine working a desk and somebody asks you for like a room number of a guest. It's like, Okay. Like, here you go. Like, and that's the weird thing, is that, like, and where is he getting all this money from? Like, it's never explained how Doppler, French sure. Stewart's character, is that's getting awesome all of this money. Thing. Yeah, that's, that's true.
1: But um, like These things happen. That's actually a good point because I was about to say, well, maybe he just went into HyperTime and stole some cash. But he doesn't have a watch. He's only in HyperTime well, because he's in the container, he, right? He had a watch at the beginning. Oh, he, oh, that's right. He does at the airport. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay. So, but but he, he doesn't of- have a watch when he steals a garbage truck, <laughs> right? No. <laughs>
3: but oh,
0: that's yeah. I, I, I get it. It's a movie. There's shenanigans. But, like, this is of those instances where you'd think, like, at the hotel desk, he'd go up there and be like, oh – Hi, is there a Doctor Gibbs staying here? And she would be like, "Who are you?" Oh, I'm his son. Then he like you see like a mirror behind her. He'd look up and realize, "Oh wait, I'm not young anymore." He'd be like, "Excuse me, mm. brother," and like something. There'd be like some like joke like brothers. that, like playing on the fact that he's aged so drastically. And it's like, no, it's just a bribery joke that kind of doesn't go any. There's no payoff to it. Yeah. It's yeah. just because even like when Zach, you said, like, talks to her, she is for the most part pretty engaged. Like if it weren't the same actress, you'd think it's a different character. Sure, sure. Yeah, <laughs> very, some really very weird strange. moments.
3: A- like even like
0: even when they have French Stewart, like, oh God, they have him what, with telephone cords, like chained to the radiator, <laughs> which I like I audibly laughed at. Like, and then we have Francesca for no reason taking a shower in the background.
1: Yeah, that was a little odd to me as well, where she comes out in the towel, yeah. <laughs>
0: no, she comes out in the towel, so it's like, okay, whatever. And then, like, we have a moment where, like, she goes back in, and, like, like again, French Stewart and Zach are talking back and forth to each other. And then she comes out dressed, and the camera just holds on her. And I'm, like, I just, like, not even, like, in the background. Like, it just, it's a shot of her. And it's like, did did you really need that? Like, like... For the pacing of the scene, like, of <laughs> shooting? Like, was that necessary in editing? Or just like the shot of her with what hair?
1: It's like, so okay, man. I guess.
2: Well, oh, man...
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, well, I, mean man. I think that goes with what, like, like, uh, I was saying, like, why do things lose their momentum? Because it's a cool effect, you know, like things freezing in midair. Um, the big explosion at the end, it makes no sense, but man, we pulled it off. The other thing that we have, the other <laughs> thing that in that thing that I wrote down was, um, when, when Zach is driving the van and he crashes it off of the bridge because he, like, what, he leaves hyper time or whatever and he, like, you know, loses control. We the the van does not hit the guardrail or anything. The van like goes off a ramp, like it gets air, (laughs) (laughs) and and it makes no sense. But it's just like fuck it, it looks cool, and I'm just like okay, I guess so, whatever. But yeah,
0: there's like there's things like that where it just like it's like, what is going on right now? Yeah, even, yeah. even like there's a weird emphasis on kung fu, too. Because, like, we see the part where like Zach encounters the possum and he's like, Whoa, get out of here! He's like, I can go to kick your ass. And he starts doing like all these weird things with like what the broomstick, <laughs> and it's like, Oh, okay, like he's trying to be cute. Then we have the moment, like, in the house where the Asian lady is, like, going through all the papers, like we referenced, and, like, he throws the baseball bat at her, and she catches it and starts doing, like, all these martial arts moves with it. And it's like – again, I think this is a phrase that – I think, Rob, I think you distilled this movie to its essence. It's like, does it make any sense? No, but we could do it, and we did. <laughs> <laughs>
3: but we yeah. could do it, and we Exactly.
1: Did. Oh, man, I forgot about that scene when, she, when that lady catches the baseball bat because there's something about the – the the blocking and the eye line in that scene is all wrong like it looks it, like the way it's edited it looks like you know Zach like whips the baseball bat or whatever and she catches it from a completely different direction uh, like it's not breaking the 180 degree rule but there was definitely something off with the with the framing of that scene and it and that whole thing um but yeah I mean it's a, they were just like let's do it. Um, fr- from the um, the interview, actually, uh, of where I learned about Two Takes Freaks, um, he goes on to say where apparently after his success with the Star Trek movies, this script had been like sitting around uh, Paramount or Nickelodeon or Fox or whatever... Whatever I think it was Paramount, yeah Paramount, and um and for some reason Frakes and Gail Inherd were interested in it and they like cleaned it up and and we got this movie and it was just like yeah kids movie you know Nickelodeon thing we want to attract you know some maybe teenage guys I guess is the demographic the target audience and they were just like you know fuck it it's a like you said it's probably more of a fantasy movie than it is like a science fiction um with just how quick everything goes and how they're just like yeah we want to get in we want to get out and and you know tell this weird story and I mean even I think the ending gets to that. Like he gets the girl, he gets the car. Like we said, the very last shot, it's revealed that he keeps the um, he kept one of the watches so he can avoid the police and stuff like that. It's a very much like a like a like a kids movie type ending. Um, and yeah, they did it once again just to relate. I don't think that's any reason to hate this movie, which a lot of people seem to think it is. Well, Rob, I, I, if you,
0: again, like that's the thing though is that like I, I can't like this movie. It's, it's fine. It's like a carnival roller coaster. Yeah, yeah, Does it compete with, like, anything, like a Six Flags or a Disney? Like, no. But if you need, like, a quick fix, there's really nothing to get upset about. Yeah, people uh, on the except internet. Except
2: when Zach is like, this foreigner is in a foreign land. I'm going to use that and <laughs> her vulnerability to make her like me. I read a magazine. I mean, they're. That was that was kind of gross. I, I, that's probably the only thing to hate, though. She's He's just like, I'm going to take advantage of a foreigner. <laughs> sure, sure.
0: Okay, there are some icky <laughs> moments in there, like in the f- very, very beginning of the movie, where, like, him and Meeker are like, oh, there's Francesca from Venezuela. <laughs> and then, like, there's a moment where they're talking about, like, he's like, oh, yeah, like, in Band Club, like, she's, like, doing, oh, what, P.E. across the hall. Yeah. And, like, and like half the, like, I again, Rob won't start the clip. Who is that? Hey, dude, where you been? That's Francesca, the new girl from Venezuela. She goes to our school. Mm. Hmm? It's gotta be good for attendance. <coughs> Tell me about it. She has PE when I'm in marching band. I get smacked every time the trombones turn a look at her. This is perfect. What? 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 Foreign girl in a foreign land, man. She's all so lonely and vulnerable. I read about this in Cosmo. I gotta, I gotta go talk to her. Oh no, 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 no! Get... No, you're, you're gonna get face. Well, I'm not gonna. Get face man come on come
3: watch
0: and learn okay you're gonna get face and like it just keeps going and like what he shoots the paintball gun off and it's meant to be like this weird like
2: yeah s- premature oh, like, ejaculation like, yep yeah.
0: yep and it's like and he awkwardly puts it down and like looks side to side i'm like yeah you're right ben there there is that ve- it's it's very what fast well, but there is that ickiness he,
2: he even says something like i get hit but every time the trombone people like turn to look at her. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, definitely yeah. some like, phallic uh-huh. kind, of, kind of imagery. So I, I don't know. But yeah, what aside that- from that, like but that, that stops pretty quickly. And he's like, I'm sorry I was stupid yesterday. And she was like, just yesterday. And he was like, no, every day. I'm going to apologize for global warming um, because I'm dishonest uh,
1: when it comes to talking to women. Yeah, but, I mean, that works for him. I mean, you know, or it works for the script. (laughs) You know, the script makes it work.
0: (laughs) But even, like, okay, but, like, this is the weird thing. is, is, like, even the ending of the movie, like, yes, he gets the girl, he gets the car, he saves, like, he beats the bad guys, he saves the day. It's, like, at the end, it's, like, not that it's, like, outside of the car, it's a pretty hollow victory because he had the money for the car by the first act of the film. Yeah. By the ending of the first act, he pretty much has Francesca. And we're never shown that, like, someone was going to try to take the watch away from him. Mm -hmm. So, like, all these payoffs are kind of hollow because he never really faces any adversity for them that he really doesn't have, like, locked up already. Like, the car being really the only meaningful one because that was the one that, like, you can tell by the end of the first act that he hasn't achieved. But even the car, he's kind of, like, outside of that cute little moment where, like, he sees the salesman, like – What, test driving it with somebody else? The car kind of drops off as a priority. Like, there's not even a moment in this where we have to see him, like, oh, maybe, like, catching a bus because he doesn't have a car. Like, oh, it wouldn't be, like, he goes to yeah, Francesca. He's always riding like, a bike.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, he's always riding a bike. But, like, think about it. He's like, oh, I need to borrow your mom's car because, like, my dad's in Kingston, blah, blah, blah. Wouldn't it have been great to, like, again, have the car play into it and be like, well, I don't have a car either, like something Francesca would say. And we see them, like, riding the bus. And that's where, like, she falls asleep on his shoulder. Oh, Like, sure. so- something like that. We're like, really? Like, we have all these payoffs at the end? But he really had no hurdles. Because even in all honesty, his mother could have co-signed the car, like, loaned him.
2: No, 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 no. This was the late 90s. His mom wasn't allowed to work.
1: (laughs) I was about to say something very similar, Ben, that I I got that sense where he's like, Dad, Dad, I need your help getting a car. And I'm like, is the mom just, like, resigned to be their personal chef? Because it's like that's all she ever does is cook for them, it seems.
0: Can we – okay, okay. can we – I'm not sure. I think we're kind of, like, done talking about the movie because, like, there's some fantastic, like, snack options in
1: this. Oh, sure. Well, to to get at your point of the things that tie up at the end of the movie, I I almost forgot about it, you know, after watching it because it's almost so vacuous. But they do try and shoehorn in the him getting on – like, fixing his relationship with the dad. I have no recollection of what their little talk is at the end when they're in the containment chamber and they make up, but it kind of does happen, right? (laughs) Yeah,
0: yeah, it it does happen, though, but, like, it's weirdly – again, it's not a priority. Exactly,
1: exactly.
0: It's not a priority because, like, again, think about, like – Zach only cares about his dad as far as, I need someone to co-sign this loan with me. <laughs> That's the extent of his affection for his father. Yeah. Like, we don't see anything, because like, we don't even see a moment of, like...
2: So, are oh, you like- suggesting that he went to save his dad because he needed his dad to co-sign for the car? <laughs> and that without any... Without any other – like, without the car, he would have been like, no, fuck my dad.
1: (laughs) That would be a great point where if – when he first, like, captured – when they first capture French Stewart, before they decide to go rescue the dad, they're like, maybe French Stewart could help me get the car. (laughs) (laughs) French Stewart probably has enough money to buy that car on the spot for him. Yeah, yeah. We'll let you go from the radiator if you buy this car for me.
0: But, like, wouldn't that be – again, like, again, this is meant to be goofy fun. Like, I'm not trying to attack it. But wouldn't it have been a much interesting movie that, like, instead of having having that, that whole sequence of them, like, galvanizing through the town square where, like, oh, god. Like, they put the dog peeing mm-hmm. on the meter maid's, like, car seat. You have, like, what? I thought they were the bullies, but they're two, like, different, like, vagrants. Like, it's not – they look identical to the bullies, but they're vagrants that, like, are, what, stealing a bicycle? Oh, with, yeah. Yeah. And then you have the one guy spray painting yeah. these They stop vandalism. The <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> yeah.
3: Yeah.
0: I'm oh, like, yeah. Is
2: it? you mean you mean where they assault people.
0: Yes. Yes, <laughs> very a bunch much of really so. terrible things. Yeah. And and what destruction of, of what government property by ruining the meter maids uh, car mm-hmm. or uh, like Please taxi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she was like, this bitch always gives me
2: parking tickets. It's like, well, do you fucking park illegally? <laughs> Be- because it's probably not her fault. Wasn't. Like, I she, they're like, let's take revenge on this person doing their job. That's that I didn't care
0: for. <laughs> like, again, even the salesman, like, he didn't put the down payment down. Like, it, it's not your car.
1: Yeah. What he says, like, he's told me he was going to hold it till the end of the week. And it's like, well, yeah, he's like a test drive doesn't imply sale. I'm sure you could still test drive the car, you know? Uh, if, if he put,
2: like, an earnest money deposit on it, which he would lose if he didn't buy the car, then that would be – no, he wouldn't be test driving it. Sure, sure. But, but I'm sure that didn't
0: happen. Exactly. But, he, but Zach's all – okay, but there's also the aspect too. this. like Even though, like, what's her name? Apollo Paul, Garcia is, like, what, like 27 in real life? They're all playing, like, 17-year-olds in yep. this. So they're all underage. So, like, like he – like, think about it. He couldn't even test drive the car by himself. Yeah, yeah. If he wanted yeah. to. Yeah.
3: Probably. And
0: then, like, and then even too, like the, like the, uh, the what? The record scratching contest. Like, it's a nightclub. What nightclub legally allows in for contests 17 year olds
1: <laughs> to perform? Oh, yeah. Uh,
2: it's a party. So it is a
1: party, <laughs> Zach. A,
2: it's a special event. It's not a normal night. It's it's a party.
1: It really, it really did, Ben. That that scene, I actually wrote in my notes. I was like, you know, after uh, after um, uh, Zach and Francesca go and fuck around the town with their new time travel abilities, they go to the rap battle. I mean, DJ battle at the shelter. <laughs> <And> DJ. <laughs> Because they do – they have, like, the, the future-esque, um, like, like host, you know, announcing who's going next and stuff like that. Yeah, and it really gave me yeah. that 8 Mile vibe. But, but no, much, totally. much worse. <laughs> well, okay, I have a question.
0: Because 8 Mile didn't come out until what? The end of 2002? Yeah,
1: yeah, later in the year, yep.
0: Whoa. Like, that's, like, one of those ones, again, weirdly enough, like, you would think you could, like, think, but God, I know you guys just talked about that. But just how influential that film was, like, in everything – and this, like, what, predated by, what, eight months?
1: Nine months? I think, give like or take. I think November was eight mile if I remember, from from however long we recorded that.
0: <laughs> but, yeah. No, there, there's, like, again, like I said, this is one of those movies, like, if you want to poke holes in it, there's no shortage of them. Yeah. But like, it's just, better. like, a, again, like Rob said, you turn your brain off as an adult or as a kid, you just go along with it because you don't know any better. It's, it's, it's... It's a goofy movie. like that's probably the best way I can describe it. Like I can't even like look at this like objectively good or bad. I think it's just I, it's goofy.
1: Yeah, it's goofy. Yeah, it's like a said, cartoon start, come to life. It's fine fun. I had a fine time watching it, and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to, like, watch it again anytime soon or anything like that. I mean, maybe that'll come up more when we get to our questions, but I, I had no ill will against this movie. I mean, even the stuff that we we got to pick apart, you know, in the scientific terms, I mean, I think that's kind of part of the fun. Isn't that kind of part of the fun of us just doing time travel movies in general that we get to complain about them because time travel is inherently always going to be flawed? I think that's fine.
2: yeah. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't, why, why else would we do a series about time travel? Yeah, There's no yeah. perfect time travel movie.
1: Exactly, exactly. Well, except one, which we have to make the joke, Zach, Die Hard. Uh, <laughs>
2: is this, is this a time, I don't. I guess I don't know the
1: joke. Oh, that's from <laughs> Avengers Endgame, when they're like, you know, they're trying to ham-fistedly explain how time travel works in Avengers Endgame, Ant-Man, Paul Rudd, he's like, like, Die Hard!
3: <laughs> oh.
1: And it is not a time travel movie. Uh, as much as Zach wants it to be, but yeah, I mean, so I I think that I had all my moments and stuff laid out. Was there any other final uh, moments that we missed or anything like that?
0: Yeah, nothing for me. Yeah, I'm ready for some sweet, sweet
2: questions.
1: Okay, well then that brings us to our questions. I mean, um, you know, as I think I've kind of already laid it out. Uh, Cinemodities for me, no. It's a kids movie with a fun premise, but that's it. Uh, it's it's not that odd. It's it's kind of like you know, I, I feel like if we looked at more kids movies that are science fiction related, we'd have all these um these same kind of things. Um, I don't know what uh, Jonathan Frake's next movie is, Thunderbirds, I've never seen that. Uh, that put him that was, in movie jail. That was jail. a disaster. yeah. He, oh, yeah. he said oh, yeah. that put him oh, in movie yeah. jail, uh, which, I, which I loved. I thought that was so funny. Um, and he even had to, like, they filmed it in London, I was reading, and he had to, like, move back from London. And they had already, like, you know, rented their house in California, so they went and lived on, like, a camp in Maine, him and his family. And I was like, this is fucking weird. But, you know. Do you, yeah, real but, quick, Rob, do
0: you know what that is, Thunderbirds?
1: No, I've never seen it. I just looked into it a little bit. It's, and it it's... was, like, a superhero-esque type of thing. It's
0: a live-action adaptation of, like, a marionette puppet TV British TV show. Oh, interesting. It stars—I remember when it came out. It came out in the summer of 2004. It stars Bill Paxton.
1: Oh, okay. There we go. There we go. Another Bill Paxton movie I have to watch. (laughs) Uh, But, yeah, so no for Cinematities and Late Night. I think I just was getting at it. No, I think this was a fine, fun movie, like I said, but, you know, it's nothing that I think if you put it on— the only thing—this is one of the things that might fall into the category of, you know, spurring some discussion. The only discussion you're going to get from this is, you know, nitpicking on the time travel. Or maybe not nitpicking, but, you know, tearing apart the scientific notions of it. But there, there are a lot better movies to do that with with than, than this one. So I'm going no to both Zach, you being the, um, the arbiter of clock stoppers, I, I have to say, one, I want your answers to the questions, but two, um, do you regret the Blu-ray purchase or is it, is it something that you need, you needed to have in your collection?
0: I know I'm happy. Perfect. Like it's, it's, I can, for the last 20 years, I've been just riding that DVD like, continuously. Now I can watch, it's funny. <laughs> it's the exact, it's, it's outside of better picture quality. It's the exact same like DVD from like 2002.
3: Sure.
0: Cause the only bonus features are like this, like one, like 15 minute, like behind the scenes, like thing that was like a promo. Piece and the other one is the Smash Mouth um, Holiday in My Head music video in glorious <laughs> 480p. It's not a
2: holiday, it's a
0: holiday, oh oh nothing runs with holiday, so I'm saying holiday. That's all. indeed, indeed. Your ears <laughs> do you. not deceive you, listeners. Like, you have that. So, no, like, no, I 100% like, I was thrilled when this came out. I, I this guy announced a few months ago on Blu ray. Um, I kind of want Snow Day on Blu ray because I, I saw that in theaters and I don't think I've ever seen that since. I, I really want that one next. I keep, I know, like, they're finally releasing like the Rugrats movie on Blu ray. So, like, they're really kind of going into the catalog of like old, like, Nickelodeon movies and pulling things out.
1: I'm actually surprised the Rugrats movie is not already on Blu ray because that movie, made... who would buy that? I
0: would buy that though, unless it's a, it's one of those things where like anybody who truly cares about that? Would probably go find it like on a streaming, sir. It's only been on streaming forever.
1: Yeah, okay, that's yeah. a fair point with the with the collectible media. But I mean, I, I still feel like people love Rugrats to this day. I don't know. I guess sure. I don't. My... I don't. Well, yeah. But you're right, right with the collectible that, media. That's a good point. Sure,
0: sure. Yeah, it's one of those things. Same thing. They also did like what three Rugrats movies? Like I remember I saw the Paris one, and that was kind of it. I never saw the third one where like what was it? Bruce Willis plays like a monkey or something. No, <laughs> yeah. Br- Bruce Willis. Oh, God. Bruce Willis is the
1: dog. I, I don't know who Bruce Willis plays, but it's Rugrats Go Wild, I believe, is the yes. third one when they cross over oh, with um with the wild thornberries. Oh. Yeah.
3: oh,
2: God. Yeah. Ben sounded oh. very disappointed.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I thought you were telling me there's another rug. like
0: I love the Rugrats, man. I was yeah, all about yeah. it. I got nothing against it. Rats is one of those things where, like, everybody, it's like Spongebob. Only the first two seasons were, like, the nostalgia episodes. And after that, it got, like, really weird and, like, like polished. Like, insanely polished because, like, they started making money off of it. Because, like, all those original episodes were, like, made, like, oh, God, like, in the late 80s, early, like, very, very, very early 90s. And then, like, once it, became, like it blew up, they just went into overdrive and just never stopped, like, making episodes. Like, it became very polished. Um, yeah, Rugrats is, like, Rugrats, people, those things be fun to talk about on the podcast, like, talking about, like, the original, like, episodes, then, like, when it really, versus, like, when it blew up as, like, a cash cow, like, merchandising commodity. Um, one day, maybe yeah, one day. Yeah. Um, but no, late night movie, I give it a yes. Um, I think, I, when it comes to, like, just, like peculiar time travel movies. I think this has a unique spot. Even though like I think Ben said right, it's time dilation, not time travel. <laughs> yeah. Um for Ezra for Cinematis, I'm gonna say no, but I want an asterisk because I think the idea of this like the idea of a entertainment property being in the background of another entertainment property as in like the poster in the background of the (laughs) Avril Lavigne music video. I think that's a very interesting like case study in like pop culture resonance. The idea of something having like that sort of just like staying power and then another entertainment property completely unassociated with it having like a weird like spot in it. I I can't think of that many other examples. Um, of that sort of thing happening, so I just want that in there. I think that that is the most cinematic thing. The Avril Lavigne music video is the Cinemati of the Clock
1: Stoppers. <laughs> okay, okay, I can I can get that in the spreadsheet. Oh God, Ben, what do you think? Late night.
2: Uh, I mean, I guess if I if it was on TV, I probably wouldn't change the channel necessarily, not right away. Anyway, Cinematic? not really. I mean. I don't think I have much else to say about it. Fair. It's, it's, no, that's, it's a movie.
1: That's, that's fair. Okay, then that gets us to snacks. And I got, I got one big one. I don't have too many snacks for this, but I got one that I was, I was trying to work out, and, uh, and maybe we can brainstorm it a little bit. But, of course, in this film, we get the hyper time watch, and we get all these scenes of hyper time. I was thinking, what about in the restaurant? We introduce a hypo time watch, where it makes the wearer go incredibly slow. And so basically, I want the the opposite of this thing in the movie. And my idea was that we would tell bad or annoying customers that we are giving them the Hyper Time Watch or we just tell them that they want a free watch or some shit like that. And we basically make them, you know, we slow them down so we don't have to deal with them. And we'd probably need a way that, you know, we wouldn't want them to control it. We'd want, like, you know, our wait staff to control it or something like that. I know we have a few things across the years of, you know, in, in you know, to use the phrase muzzling our customers if we need to. And I, I think this is another um, instance of that where we could really, you know, maybe almost freeze them in time in a certain way. I don't know. What do you guys think about that?
2: It sounds nice. I mean, it's like cryogenics, but time
1: yeah yeah
0: <laughs> I thought you were going to do it Rob that like we'd be one of those things where like oh if we have a customer that's like like angry at their food's not coming out we, pu- we start preparing it in hypo time so like it takes even <laughs> longer for it to come out
2: well actually we put the whole kitchen in hypo time
1: <laughs> yeah everybody everybody blame you know customer whatever at this table he's the reason everybody's food's taking longer he had to that's complain right. <laughs> yeah we actually
2: are trying to get customers murdered by other customers
1: yeah, nothing wrong with that. I mean, <laughs> survival of the fittest in the cinematic restaurant. Well, for the customers and for the wait staff, probably down. every for everybody except the three of us something like that. Um sure. <laughs> so what did you guys have? I well, I guess I said it all. pseudo soy. I wanted to throw that on the rest on the restaurant oh, yeah, menu. Yeah, that that was a nice little uh, uh little like site sight gag in the movie type of thing. Uh, then the, uh, the, uh, to finish out mine, just, um, I know we have a paintball course or a laser tag course, which we've added paintball to whatever the hell it is. Um, I would like to add, you know, that you could, instead of using paintballs or whatever the hell else, crazy things, uh, we have frozen nitrogen balls. And so, you know, we're having people freeze or maybe not freeze each other, but you know, locally freeze them type of thing. Like, like freeze there, wherever it hits. or whatever. All it would would do is hurt you. Yes, (laughs) It wouldn't slow you down at all. That's, that's fine. (laughs) That's good enough. For the for the reality of our restaurant, which is the reality of the world, just so everybody remembers. Um, but what did you guys have? Like that was all I had. So what else we got for the? Uh, uh, well,
2: we need to have a Blink One Eighty Two concert, in, and <laughs> in, um and also like a really mild BMX course. Ooh. Where, okay.
1: Okay. Where
2: you can you know stand on your front tire and like balance, and and people will clap for you uh, as if. <laughs> As if they were standing around a Ford Focus and clapping for it.
1: Okay, I like that. I like that. A BMX course where you're like you're only allowed to do basic tricks, something like that. I like,
0: like I like on the little guidebook. It says like where people will clap for you. It explicitly says that (laughs) where people will clap for you.
2: Well, you know, it's probably the only time you're going to experience that in your life if you're using this course. So,
1: (laughs) yes, yeah, there you go.
2: (laughs) It's, It's we're doing finally doing something nice for the customers. Let me put it that way. I don't, I don't think I had too much else. I mean. Obviously, pseudo-soy, it's actually meat. Uh, I think that's what the tagline should be under pseudo-soy. I like that. Um, <laughs> I, I, we, sh- we should probably put like liquid nitrogen as a drink people can get. Oh,
1: okay, okay. So
2: you can commit suicide in the restaurant if you really want to. <laughs>
1: Another way um, to do so in the restaurant, yes, okay. <laughs> yes, yeah. Maybe a little uh, more directly of a way in the restaurant. <laughs> oh, yeah.
2: that's a, That's a guaranteed kill, I think. If you manage to drink it, but it's so cold, <gasps> it'll hurt your teeth. I don't know how you'll get it down.
1: <laughs> okay. I dig it. I dig it. Zach, would you have any, uh, you being the, you know, the, uh, having this movie in your head for so long. Oh, like, sure. Yeah. What'd um, you have? I,
0: I think, okay, we need some frozen dinner meals. Like we're like, we're, we're you know what? We're just buying like, oh God, Swanson meals and we're just putting them into a big bowl and that's how we're preparing stuff. I think oh, that's great. Yeah. That must happen in real life, right? Like, like some restaurants. I just like,
2: want I it know. to look like it's cooked.
0: Like I cooked it. It'll make it
2: feel nicer. Yeah, yeah.
0: <laughs> Rob, do you great. remember that? Like, I, don't know, I don't think – this is – yeah, we definitely knew each other by then. I remember there was like – oh, God. He was like – what was it called? Like a math teacher in training at our high school, and he's like, oh, God – he used to like tell us about like he worked at McDonald's like when he was like know, like in high school and he'd be like yeah we run out of buns all the time like we just go across the street and buy some like like it's the <laughs> idea of like yeah you think we're buying it from a supplier but we just buy the same crap you do um, yeah I like that
1: that sounds familiar I, I've also I think I've told the story on here before where one time I was at a Walmart and one of the ladies in the line in front of me it was it was one single Asian lady with a cart full of four packs of egg rolls and it screamed to me that a chinese food restaurant had run out of stuff to make egg rolls or they were just restocking straight from walmart <laughs> <laughs> buying, yeah, mean, that happens all the yeah, time I yeah mean, exactly
2: i knew people who ran coffee shops they'd coffee shops slash ice cream places they've like run out of bananas for the banana splits they just go down to like the local grocery market or like they ran out of brownies for their ice cream brownies, they just go to go to Kroger, the deli section. Yeah, you know?
1: yeah. Oh my God, this is bringing back a memory. When me and my buddies in college, we went to Lake Erie. Um, in uh, we went north in Pennsylvania, spent time at Lake Erie. We went to an Arby's for lunch, and the soda machine was down at Arby's. So what they were doing was they were pouring out of two liters into cups when people ordered drinks, and it was hilarious to see. <laughs> what a time to be alive.
0: <laughs> but just like think about it, like that's like the equivalent of like having what like oil based heat in your house and like you run out of oil, so you like do a bunch of space heaters. Like, yes, yeah, you keep your house warm and like keep the like, pipes from freezing, but it's going to cost you a fortune relative to like what the little like oh, syrup packet and like carbonated water, which costs nothing. Sure.
1: Oh, yeah. Like, 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 like buying commercially instead of buying bulk or whatever the right term is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Like, like, it is
0: not good for your bottom line. But anyway, though. But yeah, I think we should sit here just scoop out some stuff into bowls. Like, we'll do it, like literally with the easy <laughs> – It's plus two. it won't even be for, like, hard-to-make items, much like the mom in the, in the movie. It'll be, like, what? Stuffing and, like, green beans. Some of the easiest things to make that require practically no effort whatsoever sure, to do. Sure, sure.
1: Like frozen um, like... mac and cheese or something that you're supposed to microwave, take out and stir, and re-microwave re-microwa- it for longer. Except we just, like – don't fucking stir it, so they get something that's still still a little frozen in the middle. <laughs>
0: exactly. Um, I think we should also force, like, if we obviously we have branded glassware, I imagine at the Cinemani's restaurant, we have to force patrons to always be forcing it so the logo is sticking outwards, so everybody can
2: see
1: Ooh, it. Ooh, that I like that. That's that's good. Um,
2: oh, and we need we need somebody to enforce this with violence. Like, we need somebody to walk yeah, around. Yeah, I like, was just to about to people.
1: say, how do we enforce this? But yeah, violence is, is definitely the answer. In we'll get about this
0: we'll get the goons michael bean's goons from this movie to be nah. the enforcers of the no she knows how to use a bat ben <laughs> no i i said ah not. oh, no. oh, okay. oh i'm sorry <laughs> i thought he was dis- i thought he was being uh discouraging he's like oh. no no no, no, no. not very good uh, no. at their job so. ben's
2: like fuck those goons <laughs> i mean they did she did freeze one of her own people on the stairs i don't know how well, how well we can trust her but <laughs>
0: I will say, like, okay, one thing I did forget to mention in my own context, as a kid, like, this is going to sound very weird and specific, so I apologize. But, like, my I remember, like, one, again, as a kid, my mother bought, a like, a power washer, and, like, in the summers, like, she gave me something like 50 bucks to, like, power wash, like, I don't know, like, like, the front steps, stuff like that, just to, like, get, like, the grime off of it. And I remember, like, if you took the power washer and, like, did it, like, without, like, at the ground, just, like, up in the air, it had that same effect as, like, the liquid nitrogen guns that the bad guys use, so I think we should get some power washers for the Cinemadies restaurant. Like, I imagine at some point we got to clean something, right, Rob? We should uh, get uh, power wash our customers.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely. Those dirty fucks. I mean, I I'm, I'm fine with shoot. that in the restaurant. Just so we could play with some power washers, too. I like power washers. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty cool. Okay, yeah, I pretty, I like that. That's pretty much
0: it. Like, I think uh, snack-wise, it, it's all there. Because outside of the drinks in the uh, – I guess we get again, I think we've kind of touched on all the low-hanging fruit in this. I can't think of anything. Yeah, uh, yeah. I can't think of any other fruit.
1: Uh, i'm also thinking zach when you when with your idea that of you know the the when we have like the branded glassware or something like when the customers are drinking it they have to always make sure the label's like facing so it works like as a full advertisement type of thing i'm just imagining you know there's that like when when someone like when a new customer or a new person like comes in the restaurant they're being led to their table by the the host or the hostess or whatever i'm just imagining like they pass a table with customers already and the customer has to like physically turn their glass so it's always facing the customer passing their table and <laughs> <shit like> that. <laughs> yeah that sounds great very infeasible but okay yeah with that being said uh we we've kicked off our time travel uh series time travel movie series i think next week i think it's safe to say that we are going to be diving into the one that i chose that oh man primer one of my favorite movies. If anybody knows Primer, they, it's it's a Rob movie uh, to end all Rob movies. Um, I can't wait to talk about some time travel with that. That one I think is is a little more welcoming of um you know scientific scrutiny and stuff like that. But that's a great movie. Um, so we'll do that next week. And so I guess with that being said, uh, you know I, I guess I I do want to mention. Um, that uh, we do have a small a, a kind of t- relevant tie-in on the cinematics Patreon which everybody should go check out um, we will be covering very close to the release of this episode, I think it has already come out when you, you're hearing this, Ben and I will be discussing the Assassin's Creed movie, and while it's not really about time travel, um, uh, of course Ben because we've already recorded that episode so we've already discussed this, um, the, the idea of genetic memory is somewhat like time travel, uh, but so mm-hmm. it is kind of a relevant tie-in, but yes, everybody go over there, check out the Cinemodities Patreon, uh, patreoncom cinemodities. Have a good fun with all these episodes um, as some tangential tie into series, our adventure time stuff. And of course, you should become a patron because uh, if you do, if we make enough money, uh, we will probably record a live episode from Costa Rica or something like that. So everybody look <laughs> forward to that. So, we're actually
2: going to make a news here in, uh, for patrons <laughs> called the, the Costa Rica tier.
1: The, yes, the Costa Rica We want a vacation. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's like those kickstarters when they're like man i really need a day off <laughs> anybody want to give me 70 bucks you know <laughs> uh,
3: <laughs>
1: so ben when you are not scrutinizing children's time travel movies where can people find you or or support you <laughs> i don't know
2: that i'm ever not scrutinizing children's time <laughs> that's travel a good movies. point that's a good point yes um but no you you can uh, of course you can find uh the life counter app on the app store that is rocket Bear apps llc that is that is my uh limited liability corporation that I've created for releasing apps. Uh, you can buy magic, the gathering or other trading card projects through my affiliate link to uh which Rob will link in the show notes, but it's bit.ly slash the life counter uh, capital T capital L capital C. Um, you know, you, you buy the products you were going to buy anyway, as long as you use my link to get to the website, I get a kickback and you don't spend any extra money. So uh, it is great to support the application that helps you and all your friends track your games of Magic the Gathering and also track stats so you can rub your victories in their faces.
1: (laughs) I always love that. I like that pitch. Absolutely. And, Zach, what do you have to sell this week? When I'm
0: not on this podcast, Scrutinizing Children's Entertainment, you can find me on eBay selling my crash-proof word processor. (laughs) (laughs) Minimum bid $35.
2: Oh, I was just going to say that for the next time travel movie after Rob's, we're going to do Memento again
3: oh god
1: <laughs> <laughs> dude if, if we did another okay oh my god I think I've mentioned this to you Ben but Zach and I I think we've mentioned it but you know peek behind the curtain a little bit Zach and I have been thinking about like oh what if one day we did like a revisit series um that way I would be able to actually have a decent discussion about Southland Tales we could do more um you know wonder shows in we should do Memento again and never mention that we have a previous episode of Memento <laughs> quite possibly just re-release the previous episode of Memento <laughs> (laughs) (laughs) i am definitely down um
2: it it, the episode title should just be do you have fucking memento disease
1: Do you have fucking memento disease (laughs) yes okay i will have to put that in the spreadsheet to to, so we remember that that is great cool okay well then the last thing um is what are we gonna how are we gonna end this episode i already mentioned now guys i have a quick i have a quick thing i wanted to pitch to you of course we do our episode, or we end our episodes with music from the movie or related to the movie in reverse. I think the only time we haven't done this was in *Tenet*, uh, because the *Tenet* episode, of course, it played forward because the opening intro was in reverse because um, we went through the turnstiles for that episode. I want to include, I want to use *Time After Time* or the Uncle Cracker version because that is a still a mind blowing thing to me. But here's my pitch: What about instead of playing it in reverse? I stretch it out. I slow it down or something like that. Or or should I speed it up? Should it be like a two-second like that type of thing or something like that? I was thinking we should do something with the time dilation aspect. I don't know. What do you guys think about this?
0: I like speeding up so like literally the episode just almost practically ends. you hear like,
1: like, like, okay. It's like that family guy joke where he's like, I can say all 50 states in a second. Ah!" And it was like, Peter, that was just a, (laughs) a loud yelp, you know? And so the episode will be like, you know. Blah, and it'll just end. <laughs> okay, I can get behind that. Ben, what do you think? Are you in agreement?
2: Uh, yeah, I like that. I just I think we need to really emphasize that there is about to be music
1: playing,
3: uh, sure. so that people don't miss it. And it, it is you know,
1: Uncle it's... Cracker's time after time.
3: <laughs> Trust us. <laughs> Trust. Yes.
1: Us. Perfect. Uh, everybody, let's let's see. Maybe we're breaking we're breaking the form. Let's we'll see if everybody likes it. okay right, rob, don't end the, rob don't end the recording nope, no i still got it going
0: all right i gotta do a, i gotta do a mulligan real quick
1: Uh right, oh alright you, you'll
0: you'll know no, no 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 you'll know when to plug it in cinema late night movies with rob ben and zach there you go okay <laughs> <laughs> i felt bad the whole time for leaving ben out like i felt bad the entire time i'm like okay we gotta get this before so i okay i can oh, imagine you very easily install that
1: Perfect, perfect, perfect. Uh, okay. Yeah, now now
2: I don't exist doesn't make sense. So I'm Ben. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: Jesus! At least it's all the beginning. That's easy to edit.
0: <laughs> you can do that as a blooper at the end. Yeah,
1: yeah I'll, I'll probably keep this in after the after the quick yelp of Uncle Cracker. <laughs> I'll <put this> in. <laughs>